this is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're selling cocaine, banging our buddies' wives, getting gunned down by terrorists, wandering down paths. As we're talking about spine number 102 in the Criterion Collection, Louise Benwell's The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie from 1972. But first, RJ, mm. a merry Wednesday to you, sir. I don't like any of the things you do anymore. You know when you're with someone for so long, you're just like, I'm done. I've had it with you. I've had it with you, Duncan. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today, Big Chief? Uh, doing okay. Um, you know, the last few days I've been digging into my comic book pile because you know, I haven't like looked at comics in like six months, but I still buy them every week and I've got like piles mm-hmm. of books and individual comic books and uh mm-hmm. so i started delving into those um i started off with some of those mainstream comics that was a rough go because <laughs> those are real bad and then yeah. i started getting to those art comics and that's definitely more my speed uh so i've come into some good ones and uh yeah so i've been doing okay on that front um what are the mainstream ones you read? Because I, I know you read all sorts of weird erotica, but uh, what are what are the mainstream books that you uh, that subscribe I, that to? I, that I attempt to read? Well, yeah. you know, uh, like all basic bitch comic Chumps. boys, uh, yeah. I, I read that Batman mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, you're one of those? Yeah, and uh, I, I haven't read either of those for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. I tried catching up on Batman and was really like... Oh, that's it, huh? And then I just moved on with my life. And uh, Spider-Man, I just haven't read for like, I don't know, two two launches, two relaunches. Uh, so I'm behind on that. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've been seeing that those comics, they're, they're going for like 13 bucks on eBay because speculating on new characters, like the new amazing, the new issues, like the, new the, the, the ones coming out like right Ugh. now. People are speculating, and which is, you know, just the best for comics is when people mm-hmm. are speculating. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I tried that something called Marvel two in one, which is like <laughs> setting up the, uh, return Gross. of the fantastic four. And, uh, that, that was not very good. And mm-hmm. then I God, it was something else. Dr. Strange. Ooh, boy. That one was a doozy or what? Not a good one. Not good. Bad art. Who writes that? Oh, um, the, the, the hotness right now. Donny Cates. Donny Cates. Yeah, he's, fuck, he's, I'm out of touch. I don't yeah, even know that. No, he's he's thing. pretty recent though. Like he's kind of uh, I don't know. His Thanos comic actually is quite good. He uh, took over after Jeff Lemire doing Thanos, which was actually also good. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. at that time, I was like, I don't care about this Donny Cates, whoever that fellow is. And it turns out it's actually good. And so I went back and read him, and I'm like, yeah, these are actually pretty good comics. They're like kind of these. 70, something across between like kind of like that grandiose 70s cosmic kind of comic, like a mm-hmm. Kirby Fourth World, um, like Adam Warlock sort of stuff, but like dark, edgy 90s stupid comics with like dark futures and like, because so it's like, oh, how do you know someone's from the dark future and their dark future self? They have a beard. Just mm-hmm. like Hulk. So or, Star Trek stuff? Yep. Well, like, yeah, it's like uh, Maestro, whatever his name was, uh, Hulk. The dark future Hulk is Maestro. And uh, so it's just, oh, here's dark, dark future Thanos who's killed everybody. And it's only him now left with a ghost rider as is like Harold. Uh, hmm. So that stuff's fun. I'm, I'm, I enjoy reading that. Um, hmm. Yeah. Then what, been, what about the perverted comics you read? Uh, well, uh, what do I, which ones have I read that I'll mention? 
Uh, there's the one call. It's like my first lesbian experience with loneliness, which you creep. It sounds like a creep book, but it's actually it's just like this autobiography about this uh, kind of like I don't know you call. She's like kind of like low social functioning uh, asexual woman, essentially who just like, like me, like you. Um, yeah. And it's just like her autobiographical comic that like became like a big online hit in Japan and is extended out. And uh, this collection of it came out translated to English. I picked it up last year and hadn't read it, and then sat down and yeah, it was good. I like I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'm usually a sucker for those autobiographical comics, and uh, mm-hmm. this one was no exception. And then I just started reading this other one called Pretending Is Lying. Uh, that's like I just mm-hmm. read the first chapter in a bit and it's like a gorgeous gorgeous comic and really good too um yeah actually the last three comics i've read have all been by women and they're all really great um the one mm-hmm. I, then I tried reading um this is all very fascinating i'm sure to people but uh mm-hmm. house house of penance that like it's like a dark horse comic that's like written by pete tomasi and i can't remember the name of the I like R. pete tomasi yeah i like his uh dc stuff he's like he's he's very good at dc stuff this, this mm-hmm. is like i think the first non-superhero thing i've read and it's like not very it's like very generic dark horse horror comics um Mm -hmm. it's like just i would just try reading hellboy instead uh it's just mignola is much better at it than uh pete tomasi is i guess but yeah so that was i just gave up after like the first issue of that i was just like no thanks and moved on to good Mm -hmm. good art comics but i have no idea i've got like i have so much shit man you, you, you could probably imagine how much how much stuff I yeah. have that I've never read. Um, like a, like all us comic chumps. So I've been you, buying and not reading for like over a year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that sounds well, right. Honestly, over like maybe I'm, I'm probably getting close to two years that I haven't even read anything. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you should uh, cheer yourself up and read some comics. Maybe I won't. What are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I won't listen to you complaining about your life. I, I would, but then I feel like I would get into the same uh, self-loathing that you experienced when you were reading those Adam or Doctor Strange comics. <laughs> Not self-loathing, but just disappointment. Frustration. Frustration. Yeah. You're just like, fuck. Yeah. What are comics even? Why does this character have two elbows in this one panel? <laughs> nice. It's real bad. Hey, nice. RJ. Uh, no. I don't know unless you want to tell me about anything about this past week. We got an email. Uh, I was going to talk about the Oscars. Okay, but we'll, we'll, we can we'll talk get, about that at any we'll, point we'll, in the we'll, show. We'll get there. We'll we'll do that during hey, our news. We'll, we'll hit me with the email, big wow. dog. Uh, Oliver Granger, he's, his nice. keyboard's just uh, on fire, shooting off nice. these emails. Uh, he responded to uh, our talk last week about annihilation. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You guys are chumps. Just squeeze past <laughs> some people and go complain. At least complain at the end of the movie. Also, we aren't getting this in the theater here. It's going straight to Netflix with some other classics like Cloverfield 3 and Mute. <laughs> uh, nice. I will definitely say that I'm sure Annihilation is way better than both those movies. And I think RJ would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Remember when Netflix movies were good? I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Beast of No Nation. Um, and then he sent a second email. Uh, I laughed at the Frank Miller joke. God, I couldn't handle his name in the movie. I was just cringing and thinking about being a young teen and buying every Frank Miller book I could get my hands on after watching Sin City. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't this movie inspire something like Taxi Driver did? Some crazy old man goes to Comic-Con and kills Frank Miller in real life. <laughs> that sounds like a Duncan book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank Miller. He's got uh, his 300 sequels finally coming out. 
the is uh, that whole is that two hundred uh, Xerxes? It's like about the king of Persia. Uh, nobody uh, cares about that. Not anymore, I don't think. Uh, He's about fourteen years too late, I think. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to do his like Jesus comic, and that never. Holy happened. terror. No, he's like Jesus comic. He had like there's like some mm-hmm. like promo art I saw of it, which like I was pretty stoked about that idea. But uh, nope, holy terror, and then like that all star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Oof, oof. Yeah, yeah. man. I don't know. That Frank was... Miller's uh, been pumping out some quality the last couple of years. How do you uh, feel about those uh, Sin City movies? I never saw the second one. Yeah, me neither. I like I like the first one when it came out. I thought it was good. Was, I have no, uh, yeah. no. I had no strong opinions for or against it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I. I mean, I actually did. No, I liked it, but I. I never read any of the Sin City comics before I watched the movie, so it was like totally novel and unique to me. And I was like, "Yeah, look at Bruce Willis. Look at him <laughs> punch that dude. He's nice." <laughs> so rip, I don't rip, know. Tear off that guy's dick. Yeah, watch him rip off dicks, and then Lee Majors comes in and. Floats everyone to the moon. Are we major? No. <laughs> Who was that? Who was the old? Doesn't matter. I thought the first one was good. Never saw the second one. No. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yep. Yeah. And those uh, Frank Miller comics. Not so. Mm-hmm. They were the bee's knees when you're a teenage boy, but boy, when you uh, when you're an adult, that stuff can be pretty bad. And I've never really liked or never really gotten Dark Knight Returns on the whole. Um, because you're a chump. Yeah. Like Oliver said, no, I like Dark Knight Returns, man. I think that's really good. And Year One is good. Year One is good. And, that, that's uh, uh, David Mazzuchelli. That's not Frank Miller. Well, he wrote it, but he did not. Okay. He did not draw that. That that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I was gonna be like, what? I like some Frank Miller stuff. I think he used he's, to be pretty cool. He's Daredevil. I never read that. I I've just heard that mm. the Netflix show. Uh, Took oh, some liberties every, with every, the uh, well, the entire like Daredevil franchise has been just descendant of Frank Miller in every Miller. every way. But yeah. uh yeah, but that Born Again was also good with that David Mazzucchelli. Oh, eh. is that any good? No, <laughs> it's like it's just that uh I don't know. There's times where I find Frank Miller's art just like barf to me. Like I mm-hmm. his, his wife does his coloring and stuff like that, and uh, I don't know. It's it's good. It's like good cartooning, I guess. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Visually, I find I find it like I don't know. Some people I think not who would normally not be into that type of art. They're into it because it's Frank Miller, and you're supposed to be into it. Um, but I, I have two questions for. You. What do you feel about Dark Knight Strikes Again? I love then, that. I love that comic. That I, book's I, pretty good. I, eh? I think it's. I think it's better People than give Dark Knight Returns. People that book a bad rap. <laughs> I'm weird uh, though. I, I, I really think... like the uh, Plastic Man. Oh bit. yeah, it's it's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. That whole thing's really good. I was gonna say, did you read the new one? What was it? Dark Knight Returns Two uh, or whatever, three? whatever it was called. Dark Knight Three yeah. Master Race. Uh, no, I yeah. think I have those all, but I've like never read them. I because mm-hmm. like it's like Brian Azzarello writing those and. Uh, Oh, yeah. So I, I had a couple. I have them all. I read the first couple. And I was like, this is fine. I remember one time, though, I saw, like, it was the original pencils and inks that Frank Miller did. And yes. then the actual finished comic. And I was like, whoa. It was like, what happened in between A and B here? Like, it seemed like a lot of work uh, had been done. Well, he never, those up. Yeah, he didn't draw that, actually, though, that Master Race. Because he, like, he did oh. some, like, he did these inserts, like, with the Atom that he actually, like... Mm-hmm. Roman drew on his own. Yeah, sorry. But I, I remember. Yeah, and then there's like I can't remember who the hell drew it. Maybe a Cubert or something like that. Um anyway. 
Hey, well, anyway, it's, that, was it's a, nice that was a great episode of the Comics Creep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, it's nice to hear from uh, Buddy Oliver Granger. And you know what? Maybe he's a chump. Because I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to walk through all these dudes eating their hot dogs and get mustard on my pants and they're, stuff they're, like they're, that. They're pull pork. We were literally in the middle. We couldn't escape. I couldn't get out, man. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So that all being said, hey RJ, what you been Yo. creeping on? Ah, uh, I did some creeping. I did some creeping this week. Uh, first off. I'm only going to talk about this briefly because I don't have much to say. Uh, I rewatched Dunkirk okay. last week yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in preparation for the Oscars because Andrea had not seen it. Right. Uh, it had our buddy from Killing of a Sacred Deer in there, uh, which I've also discovered some more. Colin overlap. Farrell? Yeah, Colin Farrell as uh, one of the boats. Um, oh, what was I talking about? Yeah, so I rewatched Dunkirk. Uh, I liked it more than the first time we had cool. watched it. Uh, I think that it is actually a very well put together movie um that movie absolutely deserved that best editing oscar that it won um i don't know man like i um i think people were expecting something more from christopher nolan and that's why a lot of like that's why a lot of people's initial reactions were maybe a little soft like i think the general uh opinion i heard from people were like yeah it's good it's just not up there with the rest of him. And that was even my opinion too. Yep. And I still think that, but uh, watching it again, I was like, this movie's really good. Um, this movie's really well put together. And uh, like, I mean, it's beautiful. It looks good. Uh, yep. The action stuff is good. There's not like tons of action, but uh, like just the bombings and things like that, I think are done really well. Uh, Andrea really liked it. Uh, she thought it was really good, except for, uh, one of the last shots of Tom Hardy when he's floating the plane <laughs> down, she's like, she was like, what is this Wallace and Gromit shit right here? I was like, what? She's like, look at it. It's claymation. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, rewind that. I was like, okay. I was like, wait a minute. I, I think they'll show it again. And then they never did. And then I never rewound it. But uh, that was the thing for like a day. She's like, yeah, that movie was good, except for that Gromit flying the plane for a while. <laughs> she didn't even say Wallace and Gromit. She said Gromit. She was like, what is this Gromit plane scene? <laughs> So there, it's like a shot where the plane and then you see the beach and then you see all the uh, the French houses and like uh, stuff in the background. It's mm-hmm. it was one of those. So it didn't it didn't bode well with her, but uh, she liked it. Um, she saw, felt some genuine feelings when uh, all the boats come to rescue. She was like, like, not like really, but she looked at me. She's like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. They saved them. I was like, yeah. They saved some of them. Yeah. So, anyways, my point was, uh, Dunkirk was better than I remembered it was. Mm. So I actually liked it a lot more on a rewatch. Well, I look forward to watching it again someday because I remember uh, that was like kind of my experience with Interstellar as well, a movie that right. I was like, that was good. I don't know what people are complaining about. And then I watched it a second time. And I was like, that's like one of his best movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's. Uh, I still, um, I'm still confident in my placement of Dunkirk. Like fifth or sixth really? in his uh i think so <laughs> okay i well, yeah you, but you uh you still probably think very highly of that inception you, you i like inception you, you, man you, you wait till you watch that again okay well here let me hit you with this we got like memento and the dark knight we got the prestige we got interstellar we got inception then maybe dunkirk okay and then uh insomnia actually, I, 
No, Insomnia is the back end. Uh, yeah. I actually like Batman Begins a lot. Yeah. I saw that movie five times in theaters. Mm. So, yeah, I'm that guy. And then somewhere the Dark Knight Rises. I didn't wear any Batman clothing when I went. So, okay. anyways, uh, Dunkirk, better on second viewing. Get- and then I watched a Jarrett pick. Not really. Uh, I watched Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> by your favorite director, Denny Villeneuve. Uh, Vilna, I went out of my way. I uh, spent my cold hard cash. Yeah, your your cold hard cash. Because as people may have noticed, I was waiting for Jared to buy it because he buys fucking everything. Do not. You buy everything, and you just refuse to buy Blade Runner so that I could watch it because I just all I remember is like when it came out, everyone had such like meh things to say about it they're like oh it's what? good it's not great well get real that people that movie, people were losing their shit over that movie and it was some it, people it, were it, lots of people were and i was I, I was like kind of like that guy who was like eh. hey well i'll put it like this you were like eh, and then uh my old roommate scott who i thought would have really liked it he was like eh. so i was like oh shit i was like two out of two <laughs> Of people I know yeah. that I usually I usually have a similar opinion of. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, well, they didn't really think too hotly of it. So I'll wait till Jared buys it. But you wouldn't. And I wanted it to was me. I wanted to watch it before uh, the Oscars yeah. to see what that cinematography was all about. Cool. Uh, you know that, Rob? Eakins, I wasn't sure if he was the real deal or not yet. Yeah. Still he's, building he's, his credibility. He's proven himself. Yeah. Um so I watched Blade Runner 2049. Yep. And I don't know what you're talking about, man. I thought it was really good. I don't know what any of the mad people are talking about. I liked it. I thought it was good. I suspected you would like it. Yep. I uh you know what I think helped as well? Um those lowered expectations <laughs> from people going, "Eh, man." I think I do remember you were saying though you like kind of liked it. You just didn't really like it that much. Yeah, I, right? I I never would like think about it ever again. But the fact that people talk about it constantly still and talk about how it's like the best movie they saw last year, and I just go, really? There was like so many. There was like quite a few good movies last year, and that one isn't one of them for me. But I'll talk about one of my top three movies of uh, last year next. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's one of the best movies I saw last year. But I actually thought it was really good. Like, I mean, obviously it looks amazing. No one, no, no. one. Th- I never thought it would. Right. Yeah. Um, But I actually, I really liked the kind of um, the way they went with the stories and stuff like that. Like, I mean, the story is not like this groundbreaking thing. It's like, oh, man, cool. It's like, well, okay, I can see how someone would have thought of that in the last 30 years. It's like, yeah, that's a a natural progression of this story if you were to pick it up like 30 years later. But um, I liked it. And I liked how slow and methodical uh denny villeneuve is um i think is this movie clocked in at i think 250 245 and that's not even that's like final cut or not even final cut right like i believe isn't there like a whole nother hour out there that was cut so anyways i i um i liked it though i was never like bored i sure i uh yeah. i think the first time i looked at the clock i think it was like an hour and 20 in or something and i was like ooh fuck i was like this movie's moving along pretty good my um my review of it would boil down to good worth a watch 
that's that that's about where I'm at with it. And I'm yep. like, I'm sure people. I mean, people have liked it more than I have, but uh, yeah. yeah. I re- I remember people were really hating on Jared Leto, but he's in it for like yeah, fucking yeah. less than he, five minutes. He's the least of the movie's uh, issues that I would have with yeah. it. The only thing that really stuck out with me is when uh, Ryan Gosling goes to Leto's pad and they're walking through all these like gold staircases and stuff like that. All I could think of was, uh, did you ever play GoldenEye 007? Not and, very uh, much. 64? Okay, well, you're a nerd. But uh, so people who did play that game, uh, you, there's like a multiplayer level, and that's exactly what it fucking looks like. It's like this long staircase, like in a, like kind of closed in, and it's all gold and stuff like that. I was like, that's just from GoldenEye. <laughs> I'm fucking I'm Denny Villeneuve. Hack. They didn't show him once at the Oscars. No. No, and uh, when Roger Deakins won, uh, the the camera cut to a different person. Because <laughs> it, like, it was like Roger Deakins, and then it like the camera zoomed in, and it was a totally different guy. I was like, that's not Roger Deakins. And then he got, came up, and he was really groovy. He was like... His big move- head of hair. Yeah, he was like moving his head a lot and like scratching his neck. But uh, I don't know. I thought I had more to say about Blade Runner, but I don't. Uh, other than I liked it. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to remember my my issues with the movie, which are just like why I think the movie's way dumber than people want to give it credit for. How uh, one of those things was like, so what's her name? The like the the heavy Robin Wright. Was it Robin Wright? Whatever her character's oh, uh, name the is. The other uh, android. Yeah, love the whatever. girl with the bangs. Yes. So like, I just like hated like that's just like the lazy character that's like in lots of movies these days um that she's like oh she just like walked into like the police station twice and just killed people and no one cares and uh it's like well that i guess they can just do that so what are the stakes like no one it doesn't matter like there's mm-hmm. no like anything there's like no everyone's just like oh. it seems pretty low stakes i guess because there's like no drama in them doing that stuff um and then you've got oh what do you call them uh, oh, I loved like the idea of the memory architect, and like I was like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I just want that to be a movie. I just want the memory mm-hmm. architect movie, and you barely get any of that. And I'm like, oh, that's like way that's the most interesting thing in this, and you yeah. don't get it. Uh, Harrison Ford is typical Harrison Ford in his Twilight. Um, I didn't think they overused him though. Like he's not in it that much, really. No, but he's there to basically just for the yeah. the nostalgia because he's alive mm-hmm. and be like, hey, it's Deckard, right? And then yeah. the whole stupid thing with like Jared Leto having to take, like he could do anything he wants. So it's like, yeah. well, you can't, you won't talk here, but I'll take you to a planet where I can, where it's legal for me to torture you. And it's like you just sent a woman to go murder the police chief. Like mm-hmm. nothing is there's why so it's like oh no the reason that's in the story is so that they're they can go fly and have an action scene in the water. Can and, I tell you something? Yes. I totally missed that. <laughs> I'm, I must have been looking at my phone or something. I I had no idea why they had left. Mm-hmm. I was just like they're going somewhere else. So yep. And then I and then I never questioned why they were leaving. I was just like oh they're going somewhere else now. Cool. Yeah. So like that went totally over my head and, and I didn't even I didn't even realize. So mm. cool. Great movie. Great. Yep. Well, I, I'm just no, I'm just being honest because yeah. 
you're you're like, oh, this was a problem for me. And it's like, I didn't even remember that part. Well, yeah. I must have been doing something else. Yeah, because you know he was going to get him out, I guess. And, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, and then there's just, like, the stuff, like, when they're in Los Angeles. Uh, it just feels like an empty town. And it's like, we're on sure. sets, and characters are just like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like an overpopulated kind of grimy hellhole like the original movie does. It feels a lot more, I don't know, designy and empty and... I don't sure. know. It it's weird. It's like, oh yeah, it's a beautiful looking movie, but like, come on, I, I we we all know how easy it is to make a beautiful easy movie, right? So <laughs> I don't know. Story wise, it's very light, and uh, I don't know if people are just kind of letting it slide because it's Blade Runner. I don't know. Well, for my opinion, I have no strong attachments to Blade Runner at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, Blade Runner. That was like mad that they made another. <laughs> yeah, you know there was people like that though. Uh, I have read the book. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Whatever. It's yeah, it's fine. I I'm, I'm not like like you know I don't have like origami tattooed on my body and being like oh yeah later on her. Um, so I have no strong attachments to it and I didn't I don't think I gave this movie a pass but I don't know it worked for me because I had no expect I had very low expectations going in. Great. And I was like nice. I want to see uh, Ryan Gosling bang this holographic woman. Oh my god, that seems so bad to you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, was it because it's from her? No, if you like. So when I was watching that scene, I just did the like gender flip, and I'm like, how would the scene hold up if it was a woman making out with like guys? And it's just mm-hmm. like it would be hilarious. And so I'm like, yeah, this scene's dumb. And so that, that, that... even your gender flips. Hey, when you do it, and it's like this would be a comedy now, and like people would be mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, I don't watch this movie," and uh, yeah, but it's like because it's sexy ladies, it's all fine. Sexy ladies. Yeah. The I ga- want that soundbite. The, the gays. The gays. Yeah. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. You did. The the male gays. The male. Oh, the gays. I thought <laughs> you said the gays. Like, and I was gonna be like, "What are you talking about, dude?" Zzz. Anyways, anyways. um, So then I watched uh, one of the actual best movies of the year. Uh, Out of the nominations for Best Picture, this is what is clearly the best one. Although it only won one Oscar because Oscars are weird and made up. Uh, I watched Phantom Thread. Yeah, by our buddy PTA. He got you that screener finally. Yeah, I got a, a screener from the Academy. Um, hey, Jarrett, this movie is still playing in our local second-run theater. False. So I watched. I still I watched it by totally legal means. You can't. <laughs> well, you, yeah, the, the, the DVD screener you got from the Academy. Good. Go continue. Yeah. Uh, so I watched Phantom Thread. Uh, I watched it with Andrea, and I loved it. I thought it was fucking awesome. I had a really fun time. Uh, fun time. It, fun time. It made me totally uh, remember. Well, I was never that down, down on PTA. It was just inherent vice was a bummer for me. Uh, but I was like, man, he's making good movies again. I love it. I want to watch him make more good movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this movie is really good because it's not only like funny, but also serious. Uh, I think this is like his horror movie kind of because it does a really good job of like building a sense of dread. Like whenever you see characters doing things, you're like, what's going on? What's happening here? Like the female lead who I actually thought was really good. There's a scene where like the princess is getting fitted for a dress and she's like just staring at her. 
mm-hmm. and then she like starts to walk over to her and she's going to say something. And I, w- I actually felt like a little anxious. I was like, oh, fuck, what is this? I was like, what's going to happen? What is this crazy broad going to do now? Because like that's the whole movie is like you're introduced to these characters and you're like, uh, it's like, oh, they're a little eclectic, but, uh, you know, whatever. But then you see like crazy stuff happen bet- with them, like not like not like crazy. They're not like yeah. well, that's going like the, the whole like scene that. with like uh, with Alba being measured up for her dress and like oh, it, it's so no, good, but 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 it's like because it's like at first it's played out like it's like oh things are getting erotic and it's mm-hmm. like it's going to be real sensual and stuff like that. Like oh, is this ghost? Like is this where we're going with it? But then like then his so and so comes and then it turns yep. into like a fucking like rape scene. But it's like he's just measuring mm-hmm. her for a fucking dress. <laughs> and he, he's so like cold and blunt. He's like you have no breasts and 92 or he's like doing the measurements yeah. still and like the look on her face is so good like i think she should have been nominated for an oscar i thought she was really good in this uh she's got too many lines of dialogue so uh, uh <laughs> i also uh andrea said this and i thought the same thing too it was like this movie you see a lot of like normal looking people mm-hmm. and it was really like refreshing it and what i mean by that is like they weren't all the ryan gosling's and the supermodels of the world like the lady who's the lead in this she's like a totally regular lady that you could just see at the grocery store anyways i'm just i don't know i I was just bringing it up she's no french princess yeah yeah and then there's like lots of like podgy people in this movie and just you know old people and women and children all the things we try to avoid in movies yeah yeah uh so anyways um my what was they getting at uh, this movie builds, I think it like builds dread really good. Even like all the really obvious stuff, like with the mushrooms and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But I think uh, there's a lot of really subtle scenes where it happens. Like that one with uh, Alma, like looking at her, um, like anytime you see her doing something after you realize it's like, oh, she's kind of crazy too. Then you're you like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I was like, man, I'm feeling anxious here. Yeah. This movie's getting me all riled up. Yeah. Uh, there, was, there was like that sound of toast has never been more real. Oh, fuck. I, I love that so much. Like, it's so, I don't want to say like relatable because it, uh, <laughs> but it's like, it's such a human thing where he's like, oh, I need you. I love you. And then immediately after he sees her doing something and you can just see like hate in his eyes and annoyance, he's just like, I fucking hate this person. And just like that entire scene of like when she's like, I'm going to make you dinner. And like yeah. and, and she's being warned, that's not a good idea. Like He's not going to like this. Yeah, and you're just like, what? I just want to do it on my terms. And it's like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like you just want to fucking hate it. And uh, yeah. the way that all plays out, it's just like, oh. I, I love how so petty well he written. is. Yeah. He's just like smacking that salt down. And I, I, uh, I made a couple notes here. Because uh, he's eating that asparagus, and I thought it was so funny. Uh, she's like, she's like, you hate it, I know you do. Or she says something to him like, why are you like this? And he's like, I'm admiring my own gallantry at eating it the way you prepared it. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny um, because he's a good actor, and uh, oh, he's, he, he's he's just yeah, he's okay. He's an okay yeah, actor, RJ. He, he's okay, yeah. but like all of his their scenes together, that's what I mean. She was really good too. They have like this really weird chemistry together where it's like, it seems like genuine love, but at the same time, like they kind of hate each other too. And I was like, that's what real relationships are like. This is, this is believable. 
I don't know about you, but me and Andrew are always poisoning each other and over-salting vegetables. And is, this, is this why you're on the toilet all the time? This is why I'm on the toilet all the time. Uh, but no, I thought she was really good, except for a couple scenes where she turns into Borat. And she's like talking. She's like, this is uh, not uh, what I say. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Like, what is her accent? So Because well, she's uh, Belgian. And so, like, English is her second language. And I guess the thing would yeah. be is that she's, like, struggling to, like, do her English when she's upset. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, I get it now. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. I was like, she sounds like Borat. But uh, this, on the all, other do side. All, do all European people sound like Borat yes. to you? Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yep. But uh, this movie also does, like, a really good job at just showing, like, drive and like artistic integrity and things like that. And then uh, I thought it was really good. Like when you see the the woman who's like really insecure about herself and like the drunk woman, uh, I thought oh. that scene was like so yeah. fucking like gutting. When she's like <laughs> trying on the dress, she's like, I'm so fucking ugly. And you, you just you're like, what happened to this like fun movie? Because it gets so sad and depressing. And then the next like five minutes you're just like what's going on you're like i feel bad about everything that's going on in this movie so and then and then there's these like moments of these like these like absolutely breathtaking like shots like photographs of like the scenery like when they're like in the fucking mountains or like when they're like walking along that cliff face and it's just like that's like the most beautiful thing i've seen all year in movies and it's like oh it's like tossed off and it's like not uh, it's like oh yeah we photographed this scene of these people just there and look at Mm -hmm. that it's like, oh, really taking full advantage of uh, that 70 mil that uh, yeah. PT is all about. Uh, Andrea said that, too. She's like, she's like, this looks just like a painting. I was like, yeah. yeah, it does. A lot of them look like album covers. Like when they're walking down that little village street, it's like, this looks like a Bob Dylan cover. Mm-hmm. And it's it looks great, man. Like, or when he's like going to pick her up for their date, their first yeah. date and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It looks like a Roxy yeah. Music album cover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that stuff I think is so good. Like when they meet and he orders like all of that food and mm-hmm. then he's like, will you remember it? She's like, yeah. And he takes the like the thing she was writing down on. He's like, I'm keeping this. <laughs> and she's like, who are you? <laughs> but it works. Yeah. And it's and it's lovely. Uh, I thought this movie was fucking awesome man and andrea liked it too she didn't like it as much as i did but uh she even said afterwards um because i was like that's the best movie that we've watched like all year like of these oscar movies Mm -hmm. and she's like yeah it's not gonna win though i was like no i know it's not but i just (laughs) in terms of like it is the best movie out of all of those it's the movie that people like probably one of a couple movies that came out this year that no people will watch this still like 20 years from now this movie will still get brought up i mean it doesn't it helps that it's also pt anderson who is probably like going to be like one of those like big great directors forever and ever uh so this is one of those movies that i mean the thing is though it's like it also could be his like age of innocence like uh for martin scorsese where which actually just came out on blu-ray this week from criterion yeah uh where it's like his period piece because like hey i remember like when this phantom thread trailer came out and being like Mm. Uh, and uh yeah it seems like a lot of people have issue i mean or had the same problem with like the 
promotion for this film and like the marketing for it and the title of some people are like what the hell is this title all about and I'm like I don't mm-hmm. know I think like the title card of this movie and the use of music once again mm-hmm. the Johnny Greenwood music was fantastic though I have seen some people have like a lot of problem with the score they hate silly. it silly which is like silly I guess I mean if you don't like the score I guess it's going to take you the right the fuck out but mm-hmm. I thought it was like awesome like I, I, I was like humming it after the movie mm-hmm. uh, I yeah this was like like when I was telling you like I wanted to see this again in theater because yep. like it's like it was I, I enjoyed it so much um and like you when you're watching it on that big screen you notice all the little things that daniel day lewis does like just the way he like does these quick little glances and you're like holy shit he is totally immersed in this character mm-hmm. he is uh woodcock <laughs> like he is yeah. yeah like it's like he's just that character and that's like that's his whole thing right but mm-hmm. he, and he does it and you're like oh it doesn't look that hard to do this but people don't do it and that's why he's like, I'm never acting again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, you could work half as hard and probably get the same results in theory. But mm-hmm. you could just work with like good directors, like like your buddy PTA, yeah, totally. and then you would probably be happy. Uh, another thing that I've like also seen people like poo poo this movie about was because PT Anderson actually was his own cinematographer on this. He shot the whole movie himself. Uh, why is why would anyone be mad about I that? Uh, because it always not good. Like it's not like it doesn't, the movie doesn't look good at all. And like I'm like. What are they talking about? Like, I really like. Looks great. Like, it has like a different look than like Mm -hmm. other stuff. Like, but it's like has this like really cold naturalistic light to it that's like kind of raking and harsh. And I'm like, that totally works with the subject matter. I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, there's like little details in this, like the calloused thumb and stuff like that from like all the sewing and stuff like that and uh, threading through. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he did that. Like, he literally probably learned how to do all these things yet again, just like he was a cobbler. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so like, it's about labor and these like intense, uh, sadomasochistic relationships. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. This movie is pretty good. And then you get the, like, you get a ghost scene. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> remind me bringing it all back. I thought that was very Bergman-y to mm. have like ghostly figures in your And someone even movie. might even say Benwell-esque. Benwell-esque? Benwell. Let's not jump to conclusions, buddy. Uh, uh, But yeah, also, so another thing, uh, after when I was watching this, I was just like, huh, this movie came out the same year as Mother, which is another Mm -hmm. movie about like, sort of like, I mean, there's like the the popular reading about Mother, about like male creative genius and the women that support it. And like, for me, like I've talked about it before. I don't think that's really what Mother's about for me. But Phantom Thread, I think is far more along those lines. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think like this one's like a much better depiction of it. Whereas I think like the if you view Mother in that way, I think Mother kind of sucks. Which is like, but I don't see that in that movie. Where in this, I think it's like I don't. know, It tells you a lot about relationships and uh, compromise and whatnot, um, mm-hmm. and what people get out of things or particular types of relationships. As you were talking about, you were in a, yep. Andrea's abusive relationship. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that's. Don't make it sound like I'm the abuser there. We all know that I'm the one getting pushed downstairs and spat on and mm-hmm. poisoned and asparagus and butter. Yeah. And all that stuff. It's a rough life. Yeah, but the yeah, Phantom Thread is uh, fucking good. Yeah, it, it really, uh, when I think about it, I think about Dead Ringers for some reason. Yeah, 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 that's a good comparison. Yeah. But yeah, this movie rules. We yep. all think so. Yeah. Um, and then we watched a movie 
we both watched a movie this week. We both watched now, a movie, and we both and we both and we both saw it in theater. Do, we do both you, saw it in theater, and neither of us gave it a star rating. And we haven't talked about either of our opinions I, to each other. I, I have. This actually. is fresh. I, I did today, so my 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 star rating and uh, a review is up. And I had a I, oh. I had kind of an argument with a uh, follower of mine about uh, uh, about my, a comment I made, which whatever. Uh, let's let's save it to last because let me let me. Talk about um, four I'll let movies. You do you? Let me let me talk about four movies sure. <laughs> before then. Okay, yeah. so RJ, I did it. I fucking finished watching every single Best Picture winner ever, uh, which is so wow. Coincide. Yeah, so I've now watched all ninety films. Uh, I still plan on rewatching a bunch of the stuff I haven't seen for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, like the stuff through the seventies, the nineties, and the two thousands. So I'll do that next year. But I have now watched everything. And so some of those movies that I watched were such classics as Out of Africa, starring Meryl Streep, Robert Redford, directed by Sidney Pollack. For some reason, I thought this was directed by David Lean when I started it. But no, I was thinking of A Passage to India, which came out like around the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this movie is like a big, juicy two hours and 45 minutes. And uh, from one comment that Chanel made walking through the room, she was just like, this is just like Bridges on Bridges of Madison County. And I was like, I don't know. I've never seen that movie, but probably. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie has a lot of uh, pith helmets, uh, which are like very popular <laughs> amongst like White colonials in the uh, late 19th and early 20th century. Uh, this movie has a lot of people just on like plantations down in Africa, as they colonize and start coffee bean fields and whatnot. And then there's romance as people marry out of convenience, but then find rugged hunters who know how to treat them right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like kind of like okay with this movie. Until I, <laughs> I checked what time it was and realized yeah. it was like two hours and there was still more to go. And then I got mad because I was like, what the fuck? Does, this, this movie has nowhere to go. And it's just spinning its wheels. It has been for like at least like a half hour. And then it mm-hmm. just continues on for longer and longer. And then I just stopped giving a shit. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie, like many people will say, this movie typifies best picture winners of the era. Very like mm-hmm. serious sweeping dramas. Um, with big name actors that like are inoffensive and just like, Hey, look at that cinematography. Isn't that fine cinematography? Listen to that swelling, uh, John Barry score, that sort of thing. Look, they're, they're in love. Don't you believe us? They're in love. Mm -hmm. So out of Africa, not so great. I, uh, you want to hear my out of Africa story? Sure. It's pretty short. So one time, uh, when I lived in Colorado, I went to a basketball game, a Denver Nuggets game, and uh, I didn't have a car, so uh, I got like, like I, I got a driver. This was before like Uber stuff, like you know when they used to have like driver services to go places, not a cab, but like a driver. If that does that make sense? Like someone who drives like a limo. It wasn't a limo. It was just it was a just chauffeur. like a, it was like a normal black like just a normal car. Kind of. But anyways, it was like cheaper than getting a cab because I lived an hour away from Denver. Okay. And it was like me and two other guys. Anyways, so we were in the car with this guy and he's like making conversation with us and he's like nice and everything. And we're like, okay. And then he's like, have you guys ever seen out of Africa? And we're like, no. And he's like, cuts. yeah, he's like, he's like, there's a scene in there where, uh, cause it's, 
Robert Redford and someone else, right? Meryl Streep. Who's the late Meryl Streep? He's like, there's a scene in here where Robert Redford is washing Meryl Streep's hair, and like that's when I knew that like she was the best. She's just the best actress ever. And like me and the other two guys in the car all kind of like looked at each other like, what's going on? And he talked about her for like 15 minutes about this scene where she gets her hair washed. And we were all so weirded out when we got out of the car. We were all just like, what happened? Hmm. Like, what does this mean? So I'm never going to watch that movie. Because I have, uh, I'm way too weirded out by how much that guy liked that once. <laughs> yeah. So, well, anyways. So Meryl Streep gets syphilis in the movie. Um, oh, good. Yeah. That's that's fun. She, good. And uh, you get like an off-camera treatment of it, and just like she just like takes the train back home to Denmark, and then she comes back, and she's all good. Hmm. Yeah. Neat. Neat. Yeah. It's a movie. What else you got? Um, so then I followed that up with, uh, 1987's The Last Emperor from that, um, Bernardo Bertolucci fella who directed, uh, Last Tango in Paris, mm-hmm. the, the Dreamers, uh, that sort mm-hmm. of movie that you have never watched. Uh, I don't know about any of that stuff. Well, I've only ever seen the one other of his movies and that was The Conformist, which was like his like mm-hmm. 70s movie that people always talk about. Uh, but I've never seen Last Tango, but so I watched this. Um, I remember this movie was a big deal uh, when I was a kid because when it came out on videotape, I remember seeing the like posters promoting the release of it everywhere at the video store for like months. They pushed the shit out of this movie. Um, are you familiar with it at all? Uh, we will be covering it one day, as it is part of the Criterion oh, Collection. On. Yeah, so no, um, I, I I am not familiar with this okay. one. So it tells the story of the last emperor of China. Uh, so <laughs> we get a. It's kind of a, has this flashback uh, storytelling thing in it, where it's set during like, like the um, the communist revolution in the fifties, uh, mm-hmm. and be, the last emperor is just being treated like a pleb. And he's getting sent to a re-education uh, center to learn life mm-hmm. over again to fit with the regime. Uh, yeah. So it flashes back to like when he was like a bo- like you know two years old, three years old, and uh, when the emperor died, uh, he's just like appointed the emperor. So he becomes like the child king of all of China. Uh, he's whisked away nice. to the forbidden city, and he's like made the ruler. And the first like fifteen minutes of this movie are like awesome they mm-hmm. are like like crazily shot beautiful uh th- it's like something out of like a like a humanoids graphic novel jordorowski's dune uh ridley scott blade runner like it's just like wow th- this whole movie's like this this is like an incredible movie that like is totally overlooked mm-hmm. but then the rest of the movie kicks in and it just turns mm-hmm. into standard biopic stuff mm. um cuz qu- what quickly happens with this last emperor is uh he, he's his powers are reduced. China becomes a republic, and he's just kind of kept around as a figurehead who can't even leave the Forbidden City. Um, one thing I've noticed: this movie actually is shot at the Forbidden City. So back in '87, this was like kind of a big deal that he, uh, Bertolucci was given access to like film this whole movie there. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just tells the story of this guy who's like kind of told what to do his whole life. Um, and even when he tries to do things on his own, he fails at that, and he's limited. And it's just kind of an odd little movie. Uh, we'll talk about it one day down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure what spine number it was, but it, it's coming. And it's also two hours and 45 minutes long. 
Um, <laughs> and then RJ, I watched Chicago. <gasps> so, so you watched? Said, was it everything that you uh, hoped it would be? Um. So this seems to be so, a movie that, like, whenever I've brought up the fact that I'm, like, going through all these Oscar movies and, like, there's only a few, like, of the, the modern movies, this was one of them. People got all excited being, like, oh, you got to watch Chicago, Jared. you got to watch <laughs> Chicago. And I'm, like, why does everyone care about this movie? Like, are they uh-huh. all just, like, waiting for me to just, like, tear this movie apart because they all know I'll hate it? Like, that's, like, the feeling I've been getting from, like, you, uh-huh. from Steven. Uh and I was just like, oh my god! And they're like, come on, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to make sure you get to it. And I'm like, fine. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mortaring through this stuff. Right, like, uh, actually, I even watched the day after the Oscars, which is breaking my one rule. But I figured, fuck it, mm-hmm. <laughs> get it done. So yeah, just do it. So uh, yeah, uh, Chicago, uh, directed by that legendary uh, director Rob Marshall. Can you name? Is, uh, can you name I, some I, Rob Marshall movies, RJ? I've never yeah, heard b- that name b- before. Besides uh, Chicago. It, this movie mm-hmm. did not win Best Director. Uh, that went to Rowan Polanski for The Pianist. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And let's take a look here. Rob Marshall, I think, has only directed like eight movies. And uh, Anything good? Well, let's take a gander here. Do, do, do. This is a women in prison movie, as it turns out. Did not know oh, that. Oh, you love prison Oh, films. okay. So his claims to fame, RJ, are uh, this fantasy-looking movie called Into the Woods. That looks mm-hmm. C- CGI fantasy. Uh, we got okay. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. So I'm not sure if that's oh, like the fourth nice. or fifth one. Uh, yeah. Memoirs of a Geisha. Uh, remember that? No? Yeah, I remember that. It was a big thing for like a oh, day. Oh. He directed uh, Disney's Annie from 1999. From 99? Yeah, Little Orphan Annie. Huh. That, that movie with uh, Daddy yeah. Warbucks. Uh, he directed Nine, which is the uh, eight and a half sequel. Oh, come on. Starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Shut up. <laughs> yes. As uh, Marcel Magellini. Uh, I don't like any of that. Never, 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 never. Guido Contini. Yeah, it's like all. It's a musical, I think, too. It fucking, like, we're, we're watching it, by the way, when we get to eight and a half, because we gotta. You um, mean we're watching and, it? And, and RJ, he is directing what? Mary Poppins Returns, which trailer just came mm. out, like, a with Emily days ago. Blunt. Yep. Future Best Picture winner, I imagine. Mm hmm. Oh, and they also had that uh, Christopher Robin trailer. Did you have Future enough? Best Picture winner, yeah, I imagine. With, with little Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear? Yeah. I didn't watch that shit. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's got a little stuffed Pooh Bear talking with the, like, the original Pooh Bear voice. That's talking? Like, yeah. What it's is a, this movie? It's like Paddington with like a is little it, Pooh Bear doll. Is this a horror movie? <laughs> it looks about, like, like a schizophrenic man who um, like... People, are, people, people have already beached to that joke uh, by recutting it with like horror music. As this like little teddy bear follows him onto a park bench, and you're Whatever. like, it's, it's, supposed to be, it's supposed to be whimsical. Yeah, I just mm. watched it. and I just kind of started laughing because people were like, "I'm I'm literally crying right now," because they're moved Why? to tears. Exactly. Why? So Chicago. Um, this is a movie with uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, Richard Gere, and uh, one of my like least favorite actresses. I think Renee Zellweger. I yeah, I hate her face. Yep. 
I hate, I, I don't I hate her yep. face. She sucks. Um, she's like yep. not even bad in this, but man, this movie what's what is this? Uh, it, it's like a crime movie set, I guess, during the flapper age, during like the twenties or thirties. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got John C. Riley. They like yeah. b- barely take advantage of the fact that he's in this as Amos uh, Renee Zellweger's husband. The he's mm-hmm. a, he's a cuck uh, here. Hey, he had it coming. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's sort of like it's like this movie. It's like there's a dance hall scene with Catherine yeah. Zeta Jones, and so there's a big song number in, done in a style that does not reflect the time. It's very modern with lots of mm-hmm. buff dudes holding her up and stuff like that. It's very yeah. like eye rolling. Not my How buff thing. were those dudes? Pretty buff. They're dancer dudes. Were they hot? All, all the all the bodies in this movie, they're all dancers. They're, of course, they're going to have like fantastic physiques. They're, what about Richard Gere? Uh, well, he's always wearing a suit because he does the mm-hmm. bare minimum of dancing. That's what the supporters are around for. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so the movie starts off with her doing a song and dance, and then uh, they both like have killed people, uh, her mm-hmm. and Renee Zilger, different people, and now they're going to jail for it. And Richard Gere is the lawyer who's going to get them off. Uh, this movie has this like confusing kind of structure where there's like real-life footage, and then mm-hmm. there's like the fantasy song and dance footage and they kind of intercut it back and forth. And I think it's done kind of bad. Like it's very jarring to me. Uh, it could mm-hmm. have been done way better if they like wanted to do it that way, but sure. that's neither here nor there. Um, sure. Yeah. So I guess because like probably in the stage production, it is just all dance numbers and then like, well, it's a movie. So we're going to shoot it this way. And I guess that worked out because it won Best Picture. Um, sure so did. We, we've had this conversation before about, like, hey, RJ, what other movies came out in 2002 that probably were more deserving than Chicago of being Best Picture? Quite a few. Uh, the Pianist. Yeah. Well, I, Punch Drunk Love uh, came oh, out that year. God. Adaptation, Pianist, uh-huh. Gangs of New York, um, you know, some movies. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this movie is just, like, not at all for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So you liked it? No. Nope. Do you have any of those jingles in your head still? Not I can a, not still, a one. I saw that movie in the theaters when it came out, uh, and I can still remember that song. Uh, she had it coming. Oh. She, had it, she only had herself to blame. I still is, isn't think it he, hear that isn't song. It he, isn't he Maybe, had it coming? Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're talking about the guys that killed her. Right? Yes. Yeah, that number. Because there's yeah. lots of uh, there's lots of like there's cleavage in that, so I'm sure that had something to cleavage. do. Cleavage. Oh yeah. Yeah, because when did that movie come out? 2002. Yes. Yeah, so I was 12 and I saw this movie. I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, boobs. Yeah, nice. There's, yeah, there's some bodies on display. Yeah. So I think about that song almost monthly, not by choice. It's just I have it in my head. I can't get rid of it. Hmm. This is all now. interesting, considering we were talking about spousal abuse and why you'd be thinking this. Hmm. Mm. Well, yeah, but see, Chicago is where the women do it. Right. So see, I'm the victim here, Jared. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. So you liked Chicago. Nice. <laughs> it's done. We did it. We're moving on with our lives. And then I watched Spotlight. Ooh, I have never seen that. Oh, okay. So that's it's on Netflix. Um, and did you like it? Yeah, it's good. It's fine. Uh, yeah. It's not like. Is picture good? Uh, what was that, 2015? No, because yeah. you know what came out in 2015 as well? What? Mad Max Fury Road uh, and Green yeah. Room. So. The real best pictures. Yeah. Like, like no one's going to watch Spotlight in the future. Um, yeah. I remember a, it was just a surprise. Everyone was like, what the fuck? When yeah. it won, nobody saw that coming. Something like that. Well, I mean. 
it's not directed by it's not an auteur but i mean neither was chicago but uh yeah. uh yeah cause like you know old todd mccarthy director of the cobbler that seems to be a hot nice. topic in this show today uh-huh. um i don't know like everything it's is just funny. like it's it's all fine it's good solid types of it's like king's speech level quality where you're like yeah that was okay i probably would never watch it again i'd say you're not wasting your time watching it um I don't know. Yeah. So the story is just about like in the early two thousands, uh, the this like in the Boston Globe, they have like their one investigative reporting department, a spotlight, and it's about them uh, kind of like going in on the Catholic Church co- cover up about molestation and them just shuffling around rapists uh, in their uh, church to church and just like mm-hmm. paying off people quietly so it doesn't get like any sort of like publication at all the jared uh, approach yeah uh, pay don't pay him off mm-hmm. uh so yeah no, it's good like at the end like, the movie kind of like ends and you're like oh that's the end of the movie huh i guess that could have kept going but i mean that's a good place to end it i suppose yeah. um but yeah, everyone's like there's times where i was like oh man what's with this like makeup <laughs> these wigs and stuff like that was this the post another movie it's like a love letter <laughs> to like investigative yeah. journalism but then i realized oh no that guy just like has that kind of facial hair based on the photos of him i'm looking at um mm. mark ruffalo he, he gets to adopt like this bizarre like speech impediment or like weird voice and like mouth and haircut and then you look <laughs> at the guy he's playing you're like oh yeah i see that wasn't then, just a weird yeah. choice by him. Yeah. And then Michael Keaton's just old nowadays. Um, yeah, so he's rocking sure that. Uh, John Slatery, uh, old uh, dude from Mad Men and Tony Stark's dad. Mm-hmm. He's just like that guy. He plays him again. You know who actually uh, is fantastic in it, though? Lee Schreiber. <gasps> I like yeah. Lee Schreiber. Yeah, he's good in this. Uh, he, he, he was has, wicked in Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Sabretooth. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not being facetious. Yeah, uh, I think he is pretty wicked. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, Spotlight was good. Uh, of the four of those movies, uh, I think it's definitely one of the better ones. Um, mm-hmm. Solidly in the, it's the mid upper mid tier of the Oscar uh, overall picture. Mm-hmm. And then RJ, nice. you and I saw <laughs> the best picture winner of this year uh, on the uh-huh. same day, but at different times with our mutual yep. uh, partners. What? You didn't tell me you were going to this movie with another person. I did. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, we saw this movie, uh, The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. Best Picture Winner by your buddy, Guillermo del Toro, GDT. <laughs> is that That's your, my is that your, Yeah, it's like, well, it's Mexico, so. <laughs> Every, everything other than Canadian is Borat to me. Okay. I'm equal opportunity racist. Uh, Borat. <laughs> Uh, anyways, yeah, so we both saw The Shape of Water. We didn't really talk about it. No. We, I think we shared uh, two, like a very general comment, and it was that we both said, what's all this best picture talk? Yep. <laughs> uh, so that's all we really shared with each other. Um, do you want me to talk about yeah, this? Do you, wanna, yes. do you want my opinion first? Yep. Okay, so uh, Andrew and I went to The Shape of Water on Saturday. Afterwards, we got a big greasy burger. It was a wonderful day. We were home before the sun was down. It was beautiful. It was a great date. Uh, so we went. Uh, as you know, as everyone knows, Andrea went on this journey with me. She watched eight out of the ten Best Picture nominees. Except she, all, all we didn't watch was The Post because we're never going to watch that. And Darkest Hour. So that's seven, no, out, wait, of seven out of nine. Seven out of nine. Yeah, yeah sorry. So we watched all, all of them except for those two. 
that I think those are good choices. Those are good like the, Those are the two least essential of those. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we were waiting for this. Uh, this movie came to our city a while ago and then left, and we were just like, fuck. I was like, I can't wait for my Academy screener. The Oscars are tomorrow. And it finally came to our second-run theater. Yeah. Just in time. Say? Oh, I was going to say my big question for you, RJ. Yeah. Have you canceled your Amazon.ca pre-order? I never pre-ordered this. Oh, I thought you had. You were waiting for no. that price drop. No, I was just I uh, I sent Jared a picture of what this was priced at. Uh, the Blu-ray was priced like three weeks ago. It was like thirty-eight dollars or something like 35 that. Thirty-five bucks and like the retail, the full retail, it was like fifty dollars. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, I, no, I I never I never pre-ordered okay. it. I was just showing you what the price um, was. Uh, it's currently down to like twenty-four. Yeah. But I imagine they're gonna repackage it as Best Picture winner, and it'll probably stay at like twenty-four to thirty for a while. Anyway. Anyways. So we went and we watched it, and uh, we our theater was pretty busy. Uh, we went to the three thirty showing. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of really old people. Oh, I was going to say, uh, like, I and went, it made so the sex scenes very uncomfortable. I went to the twelve fifty five, and yeah, uh, yeah, it was the Q tip crowd. Uh, I see. Yeah. So uh, that made all those masturbation scenes really uncomfortable for me and Andrea because like there was <laughs> an eighty year old woman like two seats away, and we're like, ooh. She doesn't sex because she's old. Uh, and then there were some other people. There that's, was a really. That's ageist. Yeah. Old people shouldn't have sex. Well, they do. They probably have more than most people, especially. In yeah, those, they, they do. You've heard the that's stories those, about those, those old folks' S- homes. STIs are so out of control. Rampant. <laughs> Rampant. Anyways. Um, it's like Meryl Streep syphilis. Yeah. And then uh, there was a lady beside me who was very reactive in the movie. When things would happen, she was. <gasps> Oh no. And like, she would like, like, which is fine. Like, you know, people can respond however they want. I just thought it was funny. Cause it was stuff that was like, come on. It was like, don't be naive. It's What's, like, you know, uh, it's going to be okay. Was it those fingers? No, it wasn't. Not, not the, yeah, the, no, the, yeah, the fingers the, the, the and then bu- bullet wound fish hook. Yeah. It was the fingers, uh, the fish hook. And then, uh, the one that she really gasped at, gasped, at was uh the shooting at the end by the peers she was like (gasps) she's like no (laughs) anyways so we went to this movie everyone knows what this movie is about uh they find a gill man uh and it's in research lab and a deaf mute woman is like communicating with them because they're both different and they fall in love and with the aid of richard jenkins they uh steal this guy and they try to release him but michael shannon's octavia spencer (laughs) I I felt like she, she didn't even need to be in this movie. Okay, um, again, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. Maybe I'm derailing you. Okay, yeah. So, anyways, uh, so Michael Shannon is the uh, the real monster of the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, that's made very clear. Um, there is the Russian doctor who is the dad in Call Me by Your Name. So uh, there's some more uh, overlap here. Bob, Bob. Um, so. Everyone knows what this movie is about. It's just one best picture. So we watched it, and we came out. Uh, Andrea liked it. She said, yeah, I thought it was... She was like, I thought it was really good. There was a few things I didn't really like. Uh, She's like, I don't know if it's the best picture, but she's like, but I do think it'll win because it seems like that's what people want now. And I was like, yeah, it probably will. My initial response was... Meh. Uh, I liked lots of parts of it, but I also disliked lots of parts of it where I thought 
So I, I like Guillermo del Toro. I like him more than you do. Uh, I think Pan's Labyrinth is like amazing. That's like a, a big pillar for me in my, my moviedom. Uh, I think this is nowhere close to that. Um, I like how he is. Like, I think he's a cool, really adorable looking man. Like when we were watching the Oscars, Andrew's like, man, look how cute he is. He's just like this roly poly Papio McPoyle. Do, do you think dude. now that he's won the best director, he's going to pull a Peter Jackson and, uh, slim, all that slim right down? No, fuck no. That doesn't, he doesn't strike me as the type, but, um, I like him. He's like really into monsters and all that stuff. And I, I really like the idea of this movie. It's this cool beauty and the beast thing with this fish man. And I think he, I think the movie more or less is successful at that. Uh, like I think the fish man scenes are good and all that, but so what the parts that really kind of lost me or uh, one, one word that Andrew described it at, which I thought was really good was, uh, she was like, this is very whimsical. It was like, it's very like nostalgic for Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, like there's so much whimsy. It's like all that stuff with Richard Jenkins watching all those old movies and the little dance numbers and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, this is Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. What kind of lost me was I thought – so I did like it. I just didn't really like it, like how everyone seems to fucking love this movie. I was like, I like it. It's good. I just uh, – I thought – like the melodrama stuff really kind of lost me and like the really over the top things like Michael Shannon's like, Oh, like mustache twirling villainy where he's like doing things and you're just like, come on. And then there's like Octavia Spencer and she's like, she's like, I'm gonna help you save this fish man. And you're like, all right, whatever. And I don't know, man. Like there, there were just things that a lot of how this movie played out. I was like, eh, whatever i don't care that much sally hawkins was good but i also think i'm kind of worried about her because she looks really like she's lost a lot of weight in the last couple of years i wonder if she's got something <laughs> Come on. she looks frail are you, are you body shaming bro i'm not body shaming her i'm just saying she she looks way thinner than she used to i, I hope she's okay um the fi- the fish sex thing is fine whatever i don't care about that uh i didn't like I don't know there's there's some cool scenes but on the whole like I didn't even think it looked that good like the cinematography and stuff was like it's nice enough the set designs are cool but I thought like see Blade Runner I thought that had better production than this did not like production but like sets pieces and things like that um and I don't know it just it seemed like it was just it was just running all the paces, man. It was doing the laps. It was like, here's your monster. Here's the real bad guy. Here's this. Here's that. Here's some, you know casual, exactly. here's some casual racism. Here's some casual, casual racism. homophobia. Yeah, and so I thought a lot of it was just kind of doing what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's kind of like what left me. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I just, I don't know where all this like five-star, like I remember when this movie was like getting at uh, film festivals and uh, people were like fucking just gushing over this. And I sent you a review and it was a, a person like an online person. And uh, they were like, uh, their tagline for the review was godlike. And I sent you that. And I remember you were just like, that's not helpful. <laughs> it, it was, it was like, who is that? Like, who's that for? But anyways, I liked it. I just, there was a lot of, a lot of parts that I was like, eh, whatever 
I imagine when we got out of it, I was like, I think Jarrett's going to hate this fucking movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it doesn't seem like you hate, hated it. You I just, just I, and So uh, Chanel and I went to this movie. And, uh, yeah, I saw all the Q-tip crowd. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, because they all heard it's the best picture, and they want to squeeze it in before Sunday. Like, we're all doing We're all doing it. We all love movies, right? We all want to be part of the conversation. We've heard really good things about this movie, but I imagine a lot of these old people don't even have access to the Internet to watch trailers or to read what movies are about. So they're like, oh, we'll check this movie out. And it's like, yeah, this movie's about the creature from the black lagoon like yeah. I, I'm, I'm i'd be amazed if most of those people even like realize what this thing was going to be about so yeah. um i got to also enjoy this film uh with a special person sitting behind us nice. and uh she like just like to laugh at things in the movie and nice. yeah and also react to things um and i wonder what she made of like fish sex and like Thinking about like having uh, well, scars on my neck that don't look at all like fish gills. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember too, we got out of there and Andrew's like, so that's what those were. I was like, I was waiting the entire fucking movie for them to like have some kind of explanation to be like, oh, a cat got me on both sides. Really kind of got <laughs> yeah. in there. Because I was like, I was like, what is the formation of this? Like, how does that make any sense? Well, there's a whole thing of her setup as being an orphan who being was found, found by, by the side or- of the river because she's yeah. a mer girl too and they're all like or some whoop de doo doo that's why she uh, so. she does her own business in the tub you yeah. see he thought it all I thought those scenes were a lot more off putting than uh, the uh, fish sex scene they don't even show the fish, fish sex that's scene. because female sexuality terrifies you RJ it does it does and you know what really bothered me she puts those fucking eggs to be boiled and sets a timer and then she gets in the tub what you're gonna only be in the tub for like six minutes that's all it takes bro what are you fucking uh, uh. anyways keep going do that again uh yeah, thank you, listeners. Listen to uh, this on your <laughs> headphones. Listen to RJ's sex sounds. Um, no, I'm I'm completely silent. silent. Yeah, just watched. Then Michael Shannon would like you too. Yeah, exactly. He'll make, but he'll make you, he'll, he'll make you squeal. Uh, he'll make it. He'll make a sound. Anyway, so, uh, so a frequent thought while watching Shape of Water was, man, Gilmero's a bad director. And, mm. like, I mean mm. this in this way where, like, no, the production and stuff like that is all, like, pretty amazing. Do you know what yeah. the budget for this movie was? Probably not as much as people think. It's, like, n- just shy of $20 million. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty That's pretty amazing. Uh, it's, yeah. it's made, like, 130 worldwide or something like that. So mm. uh, it's doing well in that regard. Uh, it's Canadian uh, co-production. Lots of filming in Toronto and Hamilton. Using some yep. of that uh, brutalist architecture that they have out there and here. That's uh, where he lives, right? Yeah, yeah. He's li- he was living yeah. in Toronto the last few years at least. So, yeah, he might stick yeah. around too. Anyway, uh, so what I mean by like, and I this is like the, the one guy on Letterboxd who had took umbrage with me calling him a bad director. Um, yeah. What I mean by that is like he just blows stuff all the time. Like the way that like we were talking about PT Anderson and like Phantom Thread and like how like just immaculately made that movie is like yeah. everything is considered moments are drawn out this like shave of water. Fuck it. He doesn't care about that. It's all what getting yep. to the moment. Cut to it. Cut to it. Cut to that next line. Don't have like any yep. 
fuck setup, fuck like nuance. This is just like yeah. hammer it through. It's like so. This is like a TV show. It's like a truncated episode of a Shape of Water miniseries, and we're gonna get the yeah. two hour cut. And so yep. there's like I don't know. There's things in this movie that I'm like, and from a script writing process, like because he co wrote this, uh, but I imagine most of it is him. Uh, yeah. There's things that are so dumb, like. And, and none of this excludes. Like, it tell from, me more, and none, General and, and, and none of oh, yeah, that's performances. So none of this excludes it from being best picture because this movie is way more in line with like Birdman and yep. Argo and The Artist, which are just like yep. broad ple- crowd pleasers. And uh, mm-hmm. this movie just is just like that. And so it didn't didn't surprise me at all that this movie won, despite it not being a special movie. But I didn't think a lot of movies on that list were like particularly great. Um, mm-hmm. But so there's these things where. Okay, you have the the caretakers who just have like they just mill around at this like base, and they're like, "Oh, hey, we're gonna mill the like fishman one of a kind entity in whatever." Yeah. They can't like I'm sure they have a non disclosure thing that they've signed, and that like it was like it's very like hush hush. Yeah. But at the same time, like, oh yeah, whatever. And it seems like people can just come and go, which I guess is why they were like, "Yeah, it'll be the caretaker. She's got access because she has to be able to clean rooms." So that's yeah. perfect. No one would ever question her why she's hanging out in rooms. I'm like, oh great and then there's like this mm-hmm. whole like crux of the plot of this movie is like one point at one point they're like she has to move the camera a little bit in one spot and it's like done for like yeah. laughs and it's just like a winky moment it's not played up in any suspenseful way so it's like because it's a whimsical movie it's not about yep. creating drama until they want to at the very end and it's like well why wouldn't this place have like one camera in the most important room with yep. the the asset and it's like, oh, because that would be mm-hmm. inconvenient. Then you couldn't have scenes in the movie. That's like it. That's the explanation. But it's like, yeah. well, they only have enough. This complex only has enough for eight cameras, and they're not going to put one in that one room <laughs> because otherwise there's no movie. Um, so, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the sort of intelligence, once again, uh, that's demonstrated by this movie. And yeah. uh, that's just like a plot aspect, too. Uh, there's just like the filler stuff that's like, I don't know. It seemed like whenever there was like, these like racist throwaway lines or sexist things. Cause it's like the 50s, 60s. Uh, mm-hmm. there was like this, like morbidly obese man in the same row as us. And he like laughed at that stuff. Cause I guess he thought maybe it was edgy or like, he was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's they, like, take that. They, they went there. I, I like, this uh-huh. is how I like my stand up. Yeah. <laughs> and, like real edgy, <laughs> like Michael Shannon peeing without his hands and, uh, not washing his hands. <laughs> and it's just like, all right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Also, this he m- calls that thing a cattle prod. That's not a cattle prod. It's not at all what they look like. It's like a fucking knife stick. Yeah. Anyways, that was my own thing. I was like, what? Yeah. So you alluded to uh, General Hoyt, who <laughs> has to be one of the worst actors, or at least like performances by an actor I've seen in a Best Picture winner. And I've, yeah. I, RJ, I've seen them all now, and like, ah, I'm, so you're an authority, an authority on the matter. Until I rewatch the rest of those movies, I'm pretty sure this is like, it's like, like, who is this guy? Like, he's just like, I'm gonna find him. Yeah, look up that Hoyt. He's so bad. His delivery, <laughs> his writing, is so. You, you know what else he's in this year? What? Three billboards. Ah, there you go. Another... He's in Moneyball, Castaway, The Fugitive, mm. fucking Runaway Jury. Yeah. Head of state with Chris Rock. Anyways, keep going. Well, he's yeah, that guy sucks. Yeah, he, uh, he, it was bad. Like, yeah. re, re, just always like, like, oh, here's the general character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just from like the look of this movie, there are times where it reminds me more of like a '90s superhero movie, in yeah. like the bad way. Like this is like 
the first X-Men type of lab. Like, or it's like, look at this room. It's like, it looks like something out of like an early X-Men movie. And yeah. I don't mean that in a good way. Again, I don't know. I think this movie is like, okay. And yep. I, I wouldn't be like, oh, you shouldn't watch it. Uh, Chanel hated it. She really, she, she couldn't have given a fuck about this movie. She How? like, she just checked out at one point and was like, "Oh, is this movie almost over?" And like, I, and it was like the point where like, yeah, it's almost over. Like, it's it's all in the home stretch. Because um, there's these things that are in the movie that to delay action for no reason. Like, we have to wait till the rains are there, and then we'll put them in the canal. It's like you're in Baltimore. You're right by the just coast. Throw them in. Just throw them in. Drive down. You still have the van that still has a bullet hole in the window, and it's got the laundry thing on the side. But it's like, oh, we have to wait till the cover of night and during the rains. And it's like, why? Just go get rid of them. But because we wouldn't have the scenes that this whole movie's about. Yeah. And it's like, you know what else you need to do? Mm. Write your plan on your calendar at home, so right. you, so that the bad guy who, uh, in typical uh, villain style, uh, somehow materially or materialated materializes materialized wherever he needed to be he went from the lab from plot, to yeah. the russian guy's hideout to uh, octavia spencer's place to back to sally hawkins place to the docks in about three minutes yeah classic villain uh logic there well uh yeah plotting classic script writing and plotting just plotting. Like, people people up here where they need to be because that's movies um yeah. and like usually it's like if you like if you're liking a movie this stuff you just ignore and go yeah whatever it's just that type of movie and i get that but i didn't yeah. like this movie all that much um i feel I uh as i was talking with this guy um yeah i don't know so here, no. here, here, I'm gonna back you up a little bit. Uh, I uh, I didn't win the Oscar pool this year. Yeah. Uh, because I made some, some I made some guesses that I thought if they were right, I would have been the only person to have guessed that. I imagine, and then I would have really came away with it. My one was Willem Dafoe because mm-hmm. I was really rooting for him. But I will say this: even though Three Billboards isn't like super terrific sam rockwell was pretty good in that uh anyways uh the other big guess i had was the best director i put my boy chris nolan and i had a very specific reason for this because after watching shape of the water i even said to andrea i was like i don't think guillermo del toro did that much like i know he wrote the movie and he made it look Mm -hmm. the way he wanted to but the way he moves the camera around and stuff like that like i was like i don't think there's that much to it where in comparison i was like Think about Chris Nolan's movie. Yeah, no one thought it was like this smash hit, but I feel like the direction of all of like that, not even the action, but just all of the um, the big boats and the planes and the explosions and stuff, I was like, I feel like that has a lot more merit. Like, it's like that was a lot more impressive than this. So anyways, I, I agreed with you. I was like, I think, I was like, I don't think he did that much. Okay, so... Getting back to like my comment about like my why I'm like, oh, he's such a bad director. Cause like, again, he, so these moments where you're like, oh, hey, let's, what does this fish man look like? How are they going to, how are they going to do the fish man reveal? And it's like, oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I guess it's like too cliched now to like do a Spielbergian reveal of the fish mm-hmm. man, I guess. But like, that's good storytelling, right? Isn't it like what you would do? No, he's like, yeah. I get that over with. Who cares? And then it's like, oh, we'll have these sweet little scenes with eggs. And it's just like, I don't remember 
anything about that stuff other than it happening. And then they're like, oh, then they're just like getting along great and they can come and go as they please. And then like, hey, remember when like Michael Shannon found that egg rolling around and like it didn't play into anything ever again? Anything. It led to and led to absolutely nothing. It's like, why was it there? Like why did she even bother dropping the egg other than him be like, hmm and that's it. Yeah. It doesn't pay off. There's no like it doesn't lead to him figuring out because he literally has to be told later on by dying Russian man. Someone else. And, and fucking yeah. dying Russian agent. He could have just lied. Why, why did he have, yeah. like, he could have just made up names, but he, because the plot demanded it, he gives these, like, these fucking caretakers helping this, like, entity out. And he just tells them that. It's yeah. like, why doesn't he tell them the evil Russian assholes names who, like, try to kill him? Go, like, he's like, it's so mm-hmm. stupid. It's, it's fucking dumb. This movie's like yep. if you started. Oh, if you start getting me to talk about this movie, I'm not. I'm gonna start not liking it. Um, like full on. I already assumed you didn't like it. Well, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying, RJ. To be very it's honest, borderline for me. But man, talking yeah. about it out loud, maybe it's gonna drive me out. Oh yeah. So the dance number, the big magical payoff, because the movie's like Amelie, and it's got even an Amelie-like score. Um, yeah. And because she's like a brunette waif, and oh, I just can't connect, and I want to have happiness, and blah blah blah. I, yeah. I have a quirky roommate, and it's like because like I've watched fucking Jean Juno movies, and that's what Guillermo del Toro wants to do too with his crazy color palette. Mm. I hate all the signages for the donut stuff. It's just like all like very nineties. Uh, this movie feels like, it feels like a nineties movie to me in a lot of ways, and I don't mean yeah. that in a great way. But if you never grew up with that stuff, maybe that's why people are really into it. I don't know. I was going to say, if this came out in like 95 and Jarrett was like 13, oh you would have been God. like, this would have blown your dick off. Uh, oh, it would be, like, I, be like one of the best movies I'd ever seen. Easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. But I mean, people know better that, than that now too, I suspect. But I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'm overestimating people. I'm not. I'm being a dick. I'm, I'm so, like, I can see why people enjoy it. That's cool. I guess I'm yeah. like, I wish I was not an outsider and I was accepted yeah. and everyone would be on the same page as me. Because boy, when this movie won Best Picture, I felt like I'm alone. I'm like, we're all alone in this world and like people just like everyone else likes this because people were like, were genuinely happy this movie won. They're like, hats off. Gil Merrill deserves it. He's really made it. And now finally he can make his uh, The Mountains of Madness movie. And I'm like, no, it's never going to happen. I don't even want to see that movie because he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not good at stuff. That music number. So it's supposed to be like a reference to like Astaire Rogers, right? And you, ju- you, sure. you just watched like some Astaire Rogers movies for the very first time. And like, yep. you, you know what they are supposed to look like. They're shot from like a ways away. So you yep. just get the full body of the actors. Not, nah. Guillermo del Toro just shoots everything in close up, mid range shots and lots of cuts in between. I mean, I get it. Yep. It's not like Fishman Doug Jones there. Cause I'm assuming it's Doug Jones. I, don't, yeah. I suspect he's not going to be able to dance around and move like Fred Astaire while he's in a Gilman suit. But, uh, I, it's just shot so crudely and like it doesn't like and it's just kind of presented as isn't this magical rather than like yeah. g- giving you time to be like wow that was like really good and I mean mm-hmm. I felt the same way about La La Land like where it's like those mag- those, de- those musical numbers aren't particularly yeah. like moving like they're not like yeah. wow I really felt like that was earned it was just like no nah. he's just getting it out of the way because he's like that's enough for me <laughs> Hey, that's actually kind of like I don't I don't know how much I talked about it, but like uh, one of the reasons I really didn't like call me by your name was uh, it's the exact same thing where everyone's always about like oh, this last scene is like so good where the guy, the Bob, the Russian scientist from Shape of Water is like uh, 
telling them like how important their relationship is. It's like, that's the only scene where there's like genuine emotion about these two characters. And it's like, well, if your entire movie doesn't make you feel that, and it's all predicated on like one character explaining it at the end, it's like your movie's not successful at all. Then I'd say that the, the best scene in the movie for me that I thought like actually was working was when um, Sally Hawkins is explaining to, to Richard, Richard Jenkins. Jenkins and having him read say sure. everything out loud. That scene was really yeah. good. Um, but yeah, that scene is good too. Yeah. But like you, you, you understand my point though, right? Like, whereas like it was the same kind of thing where I was like, people say that there's these certain parts that like really kind of bring it all together. And like with call me by your name, I was like, yeah, but if that's all, if that's the only reason that it brings it together. And like, I think I'm the only person who thinks that like, everyone's like, Oh no, I felt that the whole movie, but I didn't, I never felt like that the entire movie. And it's like, Oh, the one last scene, someone else does that. So it's like, picture any romance movie where picture like Brokeback mountain, like Randy Quaid comes in at the end. He's like, you know, you boys sure had a hard time, but uh, you're really going to be stronger at the end of this. It's like, (laughs) you would, you'd be like, this sucks. It'd be like that. That's a horrible way to fucking bring your movie together. <laughs> do you like? Do you know why? Is I, that I, like fair? I, I, the I reason know. I bring that up is because like I actually like I really like Brokeback, and I feel like they achieved that throughout the whole movie. You actually start to care about them, yeah. and then if they were so like your movie's successful, where the other one it was like, no, I don't. It's like I don't buy this at all, and then it's like wh- just because there's one good scene that explains it. Yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm relating it to Shape of Water because I feel like that's some of your gripes in a very circumvented way where it's just like, yeah, I don't really – these things didn't work because it's like, well, I get what they're trying to do, but it's not ex- is as successful yeah, as, I, it, as they think it is. Well, he's not – I just don't think he's good enough to get those moments over. Yeah, and except when it was Blade 2. <laughs> well, for more on that, just read Harry Knowles' legendary review of Blade 2 yeah. and you'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. Anyways, what else you got to say about Shape of Water? Or are you getting madder, madder no, and madder? I'm, 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 let it pass. This movie will pass. And uh, who, mm-hmm. who cares? It's, who cares? It's, just, it's only the best picture of the year. Um, and we'll, life will just go on. And people mm-hmm. will be like, when they go back to watch this movie, they'll realize Jarrett was right. Jarrett's always right. Except sometimes. <laughs> Hey RJ, you got any Yo. news for us? Uh, it was the Oscars. Yeah, stuff that shouldn't have won won. Stuff that should have won didn't win. Me and Andrew made nachos and chicken wings. It's pretty good. I think we talked about that enough. I think so. Uh, yeah, I just watched uh, those like that Out of Africa and Last Emperor of the night of the Oscars and uh, followed the. Uh, live tweeting of people reacting, reading like snarky film critics snark away. <laughs> that's always like productive and uh, unfunny. Yeah. But yep. that's, that's how much my experience with the Oscars. I haven't actually sat down and watched the Oscars in many years. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It seems like people are complaining about the length, but like I remember when the, that show used to go way long, like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be done till like, 10 30 11 o'clock like i remember those days and i was amazed how fast they were motoring through those awards because i'll be like oh they just announced that oh shit they just announced like four more and like yep. they're just running people through when return of the king one that went into like 11 or like 10 30 close to 11 i that one was so long no uh, there was nothing special i mean I, there was a really cool highlight reel 
think I, I, I think I remember watching the 1990 uh, Oscars and being like, oh, man, I wonder if Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And, like, staying up, keep I kept waiting for, like, it to get some nomination. And I was like, yeah. oh, oh, maybe for the, then my – my uh, Maybe Best Picture. Yeah, I think it should be Best Picture. And I got to it, I'm like, what? It wasn't even nominated for Best Picture? What is this Oscars? This is garbage. And I, I was seven <laughs> – um, yeah. So my well, life, my life, been, my life has been year. filled with disappointment. Yeah, dances with wolves. That movie sucks in no. comparison to fucking Ninja Turtles. No, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, if anything, best uh, screenplay should have been Ninja Turtles instead of this bogus movie that won best screenplay. That was Ghost. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Anyways, which I've never seen. Still, you never seen Ghost? Yeah, you. you we brought What's this up deal, before. What's your deal, dude? I, I mean, we did talk about this when I was putting together that uh, Twin Peaks uh, episode. I don't know what your deal is. I don't know. Well, we got a movie to talk about. Uh huh. <gasps> After the break, uh, we are going to discreetly discuss potentially the charm of this film about the bourgeoisie. En effet, qui est mieux faite pour l'amour que pour jouer à la guerre. Comment me trouvez-vous, Raphaël Sinistre. C'est un chapeau le Sherman efféminé. Oh, excellence C'était l'ambassadeur des États-Unis. L'ambassadeur des États-Unis Mais alors, c'est le quatrième ambassadeur qu'on arrête Le résultat, c'est qu'ils bombardent leurs propres troupes au moins une fois par semaine. Mais non, madame. S'ils bombardent leurs propres troupes, c'est qu'ils ont leur raison. Vous avez besoin d'un jardinier, n'est-ce pas Oui, 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 en effet. Oui. Alors voilà, je sollicite ce poste. Enfin, monseigneur. Vous... Ne vous étonnez pas, chère madame. 
Vous savez, l'Église a beaucoup changé. Nous, vous savez, nous ne sommes pas contre les étudiants. Au contraire. Mais qu'est-ce que vous faites quand vous avez une chambre envahie par les mouches Vous prenez une tapette et pam, pam. Plus de mouches. J'ai lu que Miranda détient le record du monde du nombre d'homicides par tête d'habitants. Est-ce vrai Non, colonel. Vous vous trompez. Pas du tout, il paraît qu'on tue pour un oui, pour un non, gratuitement. Ça se passait à l'époque où la police, elle essaya toute force de se faire aimer par la population. Tu te rappelles Vous devez les relâcher immédiatement. Mais enfin, commissaire, on n'arrête pas les gens comme ça. Qu'est-ce que ça veut aussi. dire enfin. Allez, embarquez-moi tout ça. Non, enfin. Allez. Relâchez vos prisonniers et ne cherchez pas à savoir pourquoi. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight, we're talking about The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie from 1972, directed by Louise Benuel. And the synopsis from Letterboxd.com. In Louise Benuel's deliciously satiric masterpiece, (laughs) an upper-class sextet sits down to dinner but never eats, their attempts continually thwarted by a vaudevillian a mixture of events, both actual and imagined. So, uh, mm. as mentioned last week uh, in the wrap-up of that episode, uh, I had mentioned I'd seen this movie before. And way mm-hmm. back when I saw this, when I was in high school, uh, <laughs> I thought this was like the bee's knees of movies. I'd never seen anything like it before. Um and like I, when you read about Louise Benwell, uh, he's like such a cool dude, uh, making that enchant Andalou. RJ, have you watched that before? Andouille sausage? No, I don't think I've ever seen a Louis Benwell movie. So, are you familiar with Enchant Andalou at all? The, the reputation it's it's like a 1929 uh, surrealist short film. It's got the legendary scene of like a razor blade cutting across like an eyeball how Uh, legendary is it it's pretty legendary it's pretty pretty influential short film uh i see that salvador dolly was in it he yes he was involved uh it was like made during the heyday of the surrealist hanging out in europe uh he directed that lege d'or and whatnot uh worked on that he's like he's just one of those guys that like he trucked along made a bunch of like early stuff and then he kind of was in exile, hanging out in Mexico, making movies, just like sc- scrapping together budgets to make movies. And then he mm-hmm. kind of like had like a latter day, like re- rejuvenation of his career. Like when he was like old, like when he was like making discreet charm, like kind of like the late sixties mm-hmm. and through the seventies, he was like back to like having a bit more of a budget working with the, these famous European actors doing that Ben well thing. And everyone was super stoked to work with them. Um, he's one of those guys that like early on when I was like getting into movies, it was like him and uh, Buster Keaton were like two of my yeah. favorites. Um, so like, I read this guy's autobiography, uh, my last sigh. Uh, so yeah, I was just like really into his stuff. And at the time it was like kind of slim pickings, uh, actually being able to watch his stuff. Like at the public library, we had this on VHS. Uh, we had uh, Belle du jour and, 
that might have been about it. And then uh, as years have gone on, I've managed to like kind of acquire uh, more of his movies. Uh, and like a lot of yep. them, Criterion's put a lot of them out. A lot of them are now like out of print, uh, like this one. Uh, it's been out of print for a long, long time. I, I was mm-hmm. looking and it was like people are trying to sell it for like way too much money. Uh, yeah. You're here in Canada where people like to really gouge you because you can't order mm-hmm. stuff from Amazon from the States anymore because that's great. Um, so yeah, this was a rewatch for me. I think like the last time I rewatched this and this was like 10 odd years ago, I remember being like way less of a fan of it. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, like when I first watched it, like I thought, oh, this is so cool. Like I've never seen anything like it. It really understands how dreams work. And like, it has this like odd, odd flow and it doesn't like, it's kind of odd. It doesn't like really quite make sense. Like every other Uh movie I'd seen up to that point, which is like movies in the theater in like the late nineties, uh, you know, when you're watching like a beautiful mind, uh, watching something like discreet charm is kind of like, Whoa, but you know, now at this point I've watched far more movies. Um, my, my, Uh my, my palate has opened up quite a bit more, uh, as far as like cinema goes. And so it's always like something going back to like, uh, this particular type of 70s surrealist satirical movie, there was the one I watched like uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Le Grand Buffet. This movie is like v- yeah. very similar to that. It's sort of like this uh, dry, wry uh, surrealist movie that doesn't quite make sense. And it's sort of this like attack on uh, the bourgeois lifestyle and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, this movie is quite a bit like that as well. So I guess this is like my third time watching it and uh, I feel pretty similar to it from like the last time I watched it where the movie's nowhere near as strong as like that first viewing, which I think was like also the context of like coming into it being like, whoa, I've never seen anything like it. Um, And realize this is like a whole like subgenre of movies that existed before and after Um, some like. You you could almost like say there's a linkage with this type of movie with something like – uh, like killing of a sacred deer in some ways, but like the film making is so different. Um, mm-hmm. Like the way that this movie, like the, the way that killing sacred deer is made now, it's actually very similar to how like, um, like a studio movie would be made just like, but it's like mm-hmm. art, art house inflection, whereas discreet charm of the bourgeoisie, you compare how that movie is made to like, what was coming out in 1972 and it's like so different. Um, so I think it's like, it's kind of hard to like watch this movie and like watch it like a regular movie because yeah. I, I don't think that's his like, uh, intent at all. Like he was making Bunuel movies. Like you watch his movies, like we'll be watching Belle du Jour one day, that obscure object of my desire. Um, there's like Milky way, stuff like that a bunch of his movies are coming along and I think it'll like click into more sense, like the type of movies that he is. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. This is the first one I think of his that I watched and uh, it worked for me that first time. This time though, there's like aspects of it that I'm like, I still really like a lot. Um, but there's things about it that I'm like, that hasn't aged great because like yep. who, who knew what, what direction, does? what, what direction do we know what movies are going to come? Some movies age incredibly well, like, uh, something like John Frankenheimer's seconds, uh, that movie like mm-hmm. looks so modern. Uh, and like there's movies that you watch, you're like pass of glory. That movie is like, that looks like it could have been shot yesterday and it would look the exact same. Like, and it's like, you never know what, how, what direction things are going to go. But I'm actually, I've got many notes about this, uh, but I wrote a note to myself saying, I'm really curious to hear what RJ thinks about this movie. So RJ. 
Uh-huh. What do you think I think of this movie? I don't know. Um, what would you compare this movie to things that we have seen in the Criterion Collection so far? Well, it depends on what you think of the movie. Like, I'm going to compare there, there, it to two things. Are, are, are you going to? Well, so there's like a, a Salo quality to the movie. Like not that. No, no, no. But no, like I'd say, like from the from the era, it's like yeah, it's, sure. It's Europe, seventies, uh, and I'd say that like from like a like the the look of the movie is far closer to Salo. It's not like not sure. like as visual. Like I think like Salo is actually a pretty like visually beautiful movie, like from a cinematography yeah. standpoint. Whereas Discreet Charm is like kind of like very like this is the this is just reality. It's just presenting yeah. like this world. Um, I'd say that there's like also uh, other elements of movies like Night Porter, uh, uh-huh. where it's like it's like '70s European stuff, and I think there's even like a bit of like even uh, kind of like because of the approach to the non-narrative, a little bit of element of crime, um, mm. which are like which and like well, night, so my night... my bottom three movies yeah, yeah. in the first 100, mm-hmm. my bottom three movies. Okay, I I do understand what you're saying. The two movies that this reminded me of were Variety Lights and Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those were the two. And I don't know, do you remember what my opinion was of those two movies? Well, Variety Lights, I think we were both pretty, like, indifferent toward. Like, that was, like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's, like, the weak. That's, like, yeah, definitely the weakest uh, Fellini movie. Yes. Um, I, I mean, that was like his first movie and him figuring stuff out. And uh, Life of Brian, I remember it was like kind of like a difference of opinion because yes. I think that movie is like uh, a brilliant comedy. And As you do were, many. And, and you were just like, it's a grandpa movie. And it's like, it's grandpa comedy. But it's like, I don't know if I would like think of Life of Brian, but it passed my, it did cross my mind. But you're being a grandpa. Like, but, I'm, but I'm, what, six years older than you? <laughs> Okay, so here, here that, I'm gonna hit weird, you that's with a, that's it. a weird grandpa. I'm gonna hit you with it. Uh, I know everyone loves Life of Brian. We talked about it on that episode. You can listen yeah. to it. I think this movie is more old man humor, and what I mean by that is there's scenes where it's like I gotta tell one character will be like I gotta tell you something really important. You gotta listen to this man. Here it is, and then he'll start talking, and then a plane will fly by, and it'll be like, and it'll just drown out the sound, and the other guy will go. Wait, wait a minute. What were you saying? And they'd be like, all right, you got to listen this time. This was on the phone. Yeah, over the phone. And it was like that. And so, like, you don't hear it. And it's like, okay, I get the joke. It's not landing for me. That's fine. There, And then, like, there's things. That's the kind of humor that I feel like is kind of old man humor. There were sometimes I thought it was really funny. Like, there's uh, one scene when they're sitting down for dinner and the lady is like, Everyone sit wherever you uh, wherever you want. And she's like, you sit here and then you sit there. So she like tells them to sit wherever, but then tells them where to sit. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of funny. I like that. So uh, what was I talking? Okay, yeah. So what, uh, this movie. We popped this in the other day. I remember you said something like when you had first watched this, you thought this was a great movie. So I went in with an open mind. I was like, all right, I'll check this thing out. Uh, I watched it and my initial reaction was, it's all right. It's okay. Like it doesn't really land with me, but I don't hate it, which is a good thing. It's not like those <laughs> mm-hmm. three movies you mentioned yeah. that I really don't like. Um, I didn't hate it. I just didn't think it was, it's not exactly what I like. There are certain 
parts that I thought were really good. Like uh, I think all the stuff with uh, the priest is really good. Mm-hmm. Like there's a uh, when they you introduce him, there's a scene where the lady he's like, "Where's uh?" He's like, "That shed outside is that the uh, groundskeeper's shed?" And the lady's like, "Yeah, it is." Okay, I gotta go back to work. See you later. And then it zooms in on the priest's face, like super close. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. I was like, I like that. Cool. And then uh, I like the way his story ends uh, when he when he confronts the man of his uh, past. I thought that was really cool. I was like, I like this priest story. Uh, so there are parts that I really liked, and then there were parts that I didn't like as much. Uh, I didn't love the counterterrorism with the Trumpian uh, diplomat, uh, like. Fernando Ray, the, yeah. the the ambassador of Miranda, and that that's like a big part too of the movie. I was like, I can see this landing with a lot of people. Like a lot of people are like, that part's awesome. Like this guy's so like smarmy, and he's like, <laughs> my country is this, my country oh, is that, that. and the terrorism that. things are like flashy. And I get it. I just I wasn't like super into it. Mm. Uh, what else do I got here? Um, I thought the dead people were cool when they do have uh, the, the, those ghosts. The, the ghost stuff, yeah. yeah I kind of the, like forgot about that and like how it's really effective because of the way he presents it. it. Yep. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. I was like, I like the ghost stories, uh, things like that. Uh, however, I thought some of the dream sequences, it was like, this isn't, some of them were really good. I was like, that's exactly how dreams are like. And then some of them, I was like, that's like a person trying to think of how a dream would play out uh there's that inception like dream where it's like (laughs) a dream within a dream and uh the one where it's like the guys on the stage show it's like oh no i forgot all my lines i was like that seems like a really cliched kind of old dream where it's like i forgot my homework i don't know do people dream like that maybe but uh so there was things like that that i was like eh, maybe maybe not um, I thought those people were horn dogs like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were always trying to have sex everywhere, and I was like, "That's crazy." Uh, they're also kind of assholes. Like that one guy <laughs> yeah. brings in a fucking poor, poor fucking Maurice, the driver, and he's like, "I'm gonna do an experiment. Mm-hmm. Let's watch him drink this." And he like drinks it fast and then leaves. He's like, "All right, thanks." And it's like, and there, then he like laughs about it. He's like, "See, he didn't enjoy it at all." And it's like, "Well, yeah." Because it was fucking awkward. It's like you called this guy in who like works for you. It's like, here, drink this drink, man. Is If that was me, I would fucking plow that thing back and be like, all right, I'm going back going back to the car to wait. Like I would I would have done the same thing. Because you're a pleb. I am a pleb, but most people are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that's like that. So that diplomat guy, he's all about those alternative facts. Because uh, well, no, he, well, he's like that's well, not that guy's like, it's, he's it's his country, buddy. Like, it's he's the, like no, it's no. the uh, it's the cuck buddy. He's he's the one yeah. who's like Mister Snoot uh, about drinking, yeah. and they're all about like there's it's like thing they keep coming back to is like this is like this is about these the bourgeoisie these people yeah. that are like I mean yeah it, it was a it. it was a big no, thing. I, I I get it. It's just I'm just saying it didn't it didn't really charm me as much as other people do or other people might think um i thought the arresting party was kind of funny where it's like i'm arresting you and i'm arresting you too and then when they show that torture scene at the prison and they're gonna like put a snare on that guy's dick i was like oh shit that's crazy um but i don't know man like as a whole there were there were parts that i liked i was like i can see why people like are really into this but there was a lot of parts where I was like, yeah, whatever. So I liked it. I don't think it's great. I'll probably never watch this again. Mm-hmm. 
unless unless I get like watch more of this dudes and then I get really into it, which then you, maybe which I you've never which you never I, have I, in your life about any director at this point. Not yet. <laughs> only only my few favorites uh, that uh, I watch, but I don't even rewatch their stuff that often. Exactly. Because, yeah. So I, I think we need to stop using that as a measure of anything. This idea of that like we're ever going to that we're ever going to find time in our life again to like rewatch a movie I'll unless it's like that. yeah. Uh, I'll never think about this movie again. Whereas my favorite directors, I think about those movies all the time. I right. don't need to watch them. Like, but there are scenes of certain movies that I love, and I think about that stuff like all the time. Sure. Uh, I'll that, never think that, that, about that's, this. Well, again. yeah. So I mean, that. I mean, but that's is, not. I, that's I'm like saying, a, yeah. That's like a side thing because I mean, there's like this I whole get, idea that like yeah, the movies that like you're going to remember are the ones that like left you with an emotional response, and if a movie yeah. doesn't evoke an emotional response then you're probably not going to remember it uh, in a particular way. But, I mean, it's possible to have, like, an intellectual memory response or an emotional intellectual response where you're like, I really remember when I first thought about something and it was because of this. And you'll remember it strongly because of that. But, like, the stuff that, like, doesn't leave that emotional uh, impression, it's probably just going to slide off your brain. And that's why Letterboxd exists because it'll help you keep track of all the movies you watch. um, And you'll be like, oh, yeah, I did watch that. Like, I, it's a good thing I recorded that because I would Mm -hmm. never remember it. And it brings me to like, uh, again, like, uh, when I was editing that, uh, Twin Peaks episode the other week, uh, I, I was like, listening back to like our conversations from last summer and there's things like I'm like I don't like now that I'm listening to it I remember this conversation but like mm-hmm. never would I have thought of that conversation yeah. ever again like all of our, our conversations like with uh, family members with siblings friends co-workers you don't remember the conversations you have uh, that's why people's yeah. memories are uh, specious at best and like as far as like evidence of anything it's kind of like well do people really remember things very well? Uh, most people's mm-hmm. memories don't work that great. And you'll hear, like, I'll have yep. a conversation with, like, a student, and I'll tell them something, and then I'll leave the room. I can still hear what they're saying, and then someone will ask them, oh, what were you talking about? And I'll hear them explaining something. I'll be like, that's mm-hmm. completely not correct. Like, they completely got the wrong thing from what I was just saying. And that was, like, five minutes ago, and they yeah. don't, they just don't recall things. I'm like, fuck, that's, like, crazy. Um, and I kind of, like... What am I doing here? <laughs> no one can have a conversation. So anyway, I'm like, yeah. yeah, I mean, unless like a movie you watch like completely like hits you in a way um, that like I this is going to hit me to my core, like you're not yeah. going to remember it. I mean, for me, like the first time I watched this movie, I remember it being like a big deal and like being like, wow. Um, and then I'm watching it like I only watched the movie, like considering a movie like I, I highly regarded at one point. I've only watched it like and it's a few other movies like too like yeah when I, like when I first watched The Night Porter I thought that movie was like amazing and watching <laughs> it watching it again I was kind of like what was, what was I thinking like that movie yeah. like I've seen like way better versions of this type of movie like fuck Phantom Thread is like a better version of like Night Porter if you want to yep. like get down to sure. it like of like a tr- of a fucked up relationship uh, that movie's sure. like way better made and like watchable but I mean it's also a comparing like uh, a mode of like filmmaking. Uh, from a different era to like a modern movie, like older movies are going to have a much harder time. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a student um, today and uh, she's taking a cinema class and mm-hmm. they're watching movies like Citizen Kane and M and like all these movies. I'm like, oh, nice. yeah, I think I've heard of those movies before. Uh, uh-huh. And you're like, when are you going to watch uh, North, uh, Salo? North by Northwest and talking with her and she's like, 
actually I think she's around your age, but like she's not like a a movie person really. Sure. Um and she was kind of like, Meh, all these movies are kind of boring." And I'm yep. like, "What the fuck? These are like yep. they're boring. Why is Citizen King considered one of the greatest movies of all time? I don't care." And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> like, I guess. But I mean, I've seen people like have yeah. that response in Letterboxd too, where they're kind of like, I don't know. I don't get it. And I'm like, well, it's influential, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really see anything. The story's not that good. And I'm like, yeah, what's well, a good story? So, I mean, these things are very subjective. And I mean, like, I'm in yeah. no way surprised that like Discreet Charm didn't work for you. I think there's like, mm-hmm. uh, as time goes on, I think it's going to be harder to like maybe even get into that movie. I mean, uh, in some ways yeah. I was like kind of thinking about like, um, how some people view like La Ventura and they think it's this classic. And we both watched it for the first time and we were like, yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know how anyone could have like a strong reaction to it. And then some people get yeah. really mad and think we're dum dums for not like loving the movie. Um, but like, movie stinks. Ah, it's, I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I would definitely say that it's like, this is not a, an entertaining movie. Uh, and like, I think these ideas could be communicated better. Sure. Whereas like, I don't think that's a, an issue with this movie because I think like yeah I I think like it I sets agree. out to do it. it's still a watchable movie I mean yep. it, it's like yep. uh it's a whatever a, a breezy hour and forty minutes uh yep. I mean like so I I haven't even talked about my notes uh about mm-hmm. this movie which is like just like watching it again like that opening shot of the movie it's like totally like a David Lynch opening shot like of a car driving down a dark road. And with headlights only, and it's just driving and yeah. driving, and I'm like, "Fuck it, that's totally David Lynch." Uh, and yeah. it's like another noted surrealist. Um, and yeah, so there's the the movie's gimmick, which is rich people unable to sit down and eat. Uh, mm-hmm. And you get like examples of things like, "Oh, there was a, di- a dinner scheduling snafu," and it's kind of presented in this way where like neither side wants to like admit they've made a mistake, and mm-hmm. they're, but they're but they're so ridiculously polite in their denial and they're like oh well I couldn't have possibly done it well it doesn't make any sense oh well we'll just go and do another thing indeed you should come out with this well I'm not dressed for that oh come just dress as you're dressed in your like yeah. night nightgown uh, and then they go out and they go to like this inn and there's like the you're gonna start getting the suggestion of all the characters because like the one thing I will say about this movie is like you do get a sense of like all seven of the characters like they, yeah. they, they are all like true. fairly well written like considering you could have like hand waved it and been like it doesn't matter who's who um in this though it's like no they're like all like pretty defined they all have like different jobs and roles they're married to particular people um and mm-hmm. they have the like occupations which drive like which actually do tie into the plot directly like yeah one of them's like a government official but one, they're also like all criminals and uh but they're above everything else but they don't view themselves as anything that they're doing is like undermined other than the fact that they're always afraid that the police are going to show up and raid them and they're like willing yeah. to dro- drop one another at a drop of a hat even though they're all friends and they're okay mm-hmm. with that it's a, it's acceptable behavior and so like when mm-hmm. they go to that that inn at the beginning uh it's like the uh like oh, I can't, why is the door locked like oh, this is preposterous and then they're invited mm-hmm. in they sit down it's like well well yeah i mean when a, when a business is like this empty at this time of night it's not a very good sign like it's just like the snootiness uh of the bourgeoisie of uh rich people and we've encountered these types of people i think uh in our lives uh but it's like a passing thing because those people yeah. go back to their own little uh corners of the universe and we go back to our ruts 
Um, yep. So, mm-hmm. and then at that point, we get like the kind of like the ridiculous stuff, like terrorist plots, coke smuggling ambassadors. Which, like, when you think back to like 1972, you have Fernando Fernando Rey, who's like the the the, the drug dealer, like smuggler in the French Connection. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So same actor uh, doing all this stuff like that. But the movie's like Is just it? yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> whoops yeah so like, just like I mean, but the movie's like making fun of this stuff it's like terrorist plots and then like the idea of like um, like these terrorist student cells and talking about Mao and there's like references to Vietnam marijuana free love revolution cold war ideolo- ideology stuff mm-hmm. it's very much of the time of 1972 like it's yeah. very much plugged into that sort of like these are the things that were interesting filmmakers like fuck if you watch those uh, Jean-Luc Godard movies holy crap he just <sighs> falls full on into it whereas movies start becoming unwatchable because they're so invested yeah. in the politics whereas at least this like Benoit is still making a movie like it's still like yeah uh, but it's just like an absurd surreal movie of just like these characters and these scenes that he just sets up and he's just like putting them together and he's still following though the conventions of a movie where it's like the the characters are defined they their uh motivations make sense uh the performers are all like good they um i don't mm-hmm. they, they they act like actors in a movie um unlike potentially uh element of crime uh which is Ugh. like kind of a toxic movie and that's like again that's another movie that i remember being like yeah i really like that movie and then watching oh, it again and i was like Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, that movie is so fucking bad. Yeah, it's. Uh, Let me tell you, buddy. Yeah, that's a that one. That was a a real disappointment. Anywho, yeah. um, oh yeah. So there's also this like underlining thing about the whole movie about like kind of like the complicity, the complicity of like the 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 church, like the, the the guy, like the fact that the yeah. gardener priest, he's like, I want to help people out. I want to help yeah. the rich people. <laughs> and it's like, wait, the rich people are like the last people who need any help. And they're like, oh, great. And then you get like this, mm-hmm. the fact that they're like assholes who are like, oh, this guy's just coming into our house dressed as a gardener. Get, what are you doing? Why are you letting this guy into the place? You got to be careful you let in. And it turns out, oh, he's the priest. And they're like, oh, sorry. They changed their tune. And he's like, oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fair. And it's like, oh, no, these are like, they're bad people. These are like not, yeah. these aren't people that need your help. Um, I made a note here about uh, strong cello politics. Um, where there's like the scene oh, where yeah, they, that, uh, that's kind of funny actually. Yeah, where she's just like, I hate, the, I, 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 I hate the cello. It's just a horrible yeah. instrument. Like, I need to change seats with you. I can't even look at it. Um, mm-hmm. and then like out of nowhere, we get like a Mario Baba style horror story, where it's the story about yeah. this the soldier. And again, and, but it's mm-hmm. like, but you have to keep in mind that like all these like these these three stories we get, they're from like soldiers and mm-hmm. from police, and it's like they're all like. Uh, they're all different parts of like the the state, the institutions or whatever, and they're all like yeah. they're just like admitting these things to the bourgeoisie. And it's like, like there's like a direct connection of like why they're saying these things, but mm-hmm. um, they're like there's yeah. these linkages of like poor people are like not in this movie really. Yeah. Like when they are, they're like students with their uh, mm-hmm. toy dogs getting sniped off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... I was I was gonna say when you mentioned like the military people, that stuff was totally lost on me. I was like, I don't care. Like I thought the dream sequence was cool that he was talking about, but like there's that dinner oh, with like the no, military people. I was that, like, I don't care about this. But that oh yeah, so that's later on. So yeah, that that like I, I that first story though is like really neat. Like the that editing, one, you know, the, that, yeah, the that editing of cool. that. So talking yeah. about good directing and like editing and pacing. Uh, yeah, that's really great. Um. 
not like a Del Toro movie. Um, <gasps> mm, uh, oh yes, and then there's like uh, so yeah, that that was at the uh, Drinkless Cafe where they keep making orders to like for for tea and they're yeah. out and coffee and they're out and then they're oh we're out of water. I just I can't believe it. <laughs> We've like absolutely nothing and there's like all these people still sitting around. Uh, yeah, I thought that was cute. Uh, and then there's like the scene where you get the affair that's being carried on by uh, Fernando Ray and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Buddy's wife and he's like. Oh, and he, and he shows up and he's like, is that my wife in your bedroom? He's like, yeah. And oh, how odd. <laughs> oh, the, weird. What, what are you guys doing? How, how, what's going on? All right. Well, we go down to the car. We have some things to finish talking about. Oh, okay. See you down there. And I just uh-huh. wrote in all caps, cuck. Um, mm, beta cuck. Huh? And so, yeah. So when, uh, and then again, like, so like the main character of the movie is like Fernando Ray, the ambassador of Miranda, the fictional South American country. Uh, yeah. And when he like, uh, confronts the one, uh, female, uh, terrorist girl, he gets himself a handful of stuff, grabbing her tits and her ass and saying, you got a body for love, not war. Real, Ooh, nice. real woke little, there. Little Jarrett style, hey? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's like a bit where he like empties out her bag and he's just like, oh, yeah. you got this, you got this, you got the key to dreams. And he just continues on. <laughs> you're like, the key to dream? What? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's just there. I love that. That's just like, and then that's like kind of like from that point forward, uh, yeah. you do get the thing, the setup of like everyone waking up from their dream, which is always yeah. like, um, it. I don't know. In this, it's like, it works for me. Because um, yep. it's just like it's it's funny because you're like oh oh I just had this dream <laughs> and they keep I waking. just had the weirdest dream yeah um, and yeah there's this like yeah, this ongoing thing of these men giving anecdotes about like <laughs> and they're like ghost stories and whatnot so mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to make sense of that other than it was just like he had this idea for it and he just went with it yep um, yeah that's what I mean like there there are things it's like I said, like I don't dislike this movie like no. there are parts that I really like I just don't think they're they were all like soup. I didn't, they didn't all land for me, mm-hmm. but it's like I was saying, I can see why a lot of other people might be really into this fucking thing. It's uh, like, yeah, I get it. I just, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's not, not totally my jam. That's all. It's not a draw for you. Yeah. There's no Mel Gibson. There's no hot dudes. <laughs> there's hardly any abs in this it's, movie. Yeah. It's not all. like American sniper at all. Not like American Sniper or Back to the Future at all. Not at all. Doesn't have uh, any of that stuff. None of that. Uh, there's like the one where like, I think it's when they sit down at the uh, the the dinner that's like a theater the, at the, the actual stage where it's got that bouncing chicken. <laughs> like there's like these chickens that oh, are just yeah. taking on the thing and they're just bouncing yeah. all over the place. That reminded me of uh, Racerhead because there's like that weird chicken in there too. So it's more uh, yeah. David Lynch sort of like dream things about chickens and driving down roads. Chickens. And quinoa, yeah, and dirty bearded men. Mm-hmm. And then there's right? uh, deadly dinner parties. Um, ah, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, we've all been there. We've all been at those. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, dreams. Uh, yeah. Note here and uh, yeah, shotgun death. Uh, mm-hmm. coming from our good friend the uh, the priest who uh, forgives the man who murdered his family, and then he just comes over, grabs that shotgun and just blows that guy away. And yeah, there's these, that there's, dude. There's, there's just these like surprising moments of like violence of people yeah. like heads just blown up. And so, I mean, I really like the priest story. I was like, well, mm-hmm. fuck, you just wasted that dude. Nope. I didn't see that one coming. Nope. Then you get, then we finally do get an actual police raid. Uh, and then we get a, some piano torture. Uh, and that's all a dream, of course. Mm-hmm. And here's my note. I am really interested to hear what RJ thinks of this. 
was it after the the piano torture? Because that's when they tried to put the snare on that guy's dick. They mm-hmm. tried to get him in the dick snare. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was nice. Yeah. I, I don't know where you picked those ones up, those dick snares. Oh, I can make it for you. Oh, see, there's, I always hate when I do this. There's this great quote uh, about, he's a true gentleman, uh, which I think is like... You don't remember the context. I, I can't anymore. remember the context of it, but I remember being that like that's like it was like a defense of a guy being oh he's a true gentleman. I think it's like the the ambassador uh, again after he slaps him. Yeah, and uh, just like I love how everyone's always like saying, "Well, I've heard in your country that like it's a really violent place and all these horrible things are happening." He's like, yeah. "No, that's he's like fake news, fake news, fake yep. news." Um, <laughs> it's alternative facts, Jared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like right at that home stretch, they do get to eat some soup. They, they, they... Uh, yeah, and then uh, in his dreams, the diplomat guy gets a lot of lamb. Yeah, or... he's sneaking that lamb under the table. Yeah, lamb or ham? Couldn't really tell. I think it was supposed to be lamb. It, yeah, it was called leg of lamb, but it did look like a little bit of ham. One piece was roast beef for sure. It was definitely am of some sort. Am. Mm. So dreams. Yeah, Inception, man. That's what this movie was based on, right? Uh, or Inception was based on. Yeah, I mean. totally. Dreams within dreams. Yeah, totally ripped off, ripped this movie off. Yeah. No, it's. I think this movie's all right. It's. I don't. Know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's above. Whatever. Your, are you saying it's above your pay grade? Um. No. <laughs> no. And, and by no, you mean yes. Um. No, I think this movie's fine. It's whatever. I don't. I don't care that much about it. Well, RJ, there's some people who got some hate for this movie, like yeah, Hannah. I'm sure. Like like Hannah K. Half a star. Meh. I don't know. I can't muster up the will to care <laughs> about this movie. It's not bizarre enough to be interesting from a surrealist perspective. It's mostly just long, dull stretches of rich rich people doing nothing and going to dinner parties and not going to dinner parties experimental films are always going to be tough to sell me on as i'm first and Mm. foremost a lover of narrative but even beyond my personal biases it's a movie that i can't imagine anyone loving it's not visually exciting or thematically powerful maybe it's Uh politically significant i would love to sit down with someone who actually likes this movie and find out why because i can't find anything particularly good in it (laughs) it just sits there oh except for the scene where the priest gives the dying guy last rites that's actually a really interesting scene before we go back (laughs) at to a to yawning at our protagonists. What was this lady's name? Uh, Hannah Kay. Because I feel like she had a lot of the same opinions I did. But she also gave this half a star, which I guess. Oh, is like, I don't think that's that, that's like the absolute awfulest of uh, scores you could give to something. So uh, this, like, to me, I, as we were talking yeah. about last week, when people give ratings this low, I'm like, they're like they're kids. I think, like they they feel like they're like. 18 years old or something like that watching yeah. movies and there's like I hate this movie kind of the way when I say I think Gail Merrill Del Toro is a bad director uh, yeah. it's like I, I think he's like not like a hor- he's not the worst director I'm just saying I don't think he's as good at his job as he should be ergo he's bad at his job uh, Ryan Siemens gives yeah, uh, this Siemens. film one star Perhaps this was my fault, but I was under the big impression that this was going to be a very surreal and symbolic film. <laughs> instead, Symbolic for what? Instead, I was bored to sleep, literally. Once I understood what the film was saying within the first 20 minutes, I checked out and just waited for the film to be done. It seemed like there was no process, barely any substance, and I just... Disp- 
despised every minute of it. I can see what this film was trying to do on paper, but it does not translate on screen, and the execution botches it. Okay, like, all right, so a lot of these people, it's like some of the things that I was saying, but, like, I, I don't think it landed with me either. It's like, yeah, I get what it means on paper, sure. But I still, I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. I just didn't like it, that's all. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke, one and a half star. Hands down, one of the biggest disappointments I've had from a film in a long time. Because they were looking so forward to it. The Exterminating (laughs) Angel is one of my all-time favorite films. But this is just Uh. a catastrophe. Ceaseless in its dream sequence bullshit. And these people are awful. You can show me that these people are awful entitled shit stains without wasting my time and blowing all your energy on putting them in different scenarios where they continue to do nothing but be obnoxious, oblivious, and drawl. I get that that's the point, but he pulled off ten but he pulled off ten times better in one room with a larger cast and the exterminating angel. Every time I thought this movie was turning around, it shit in my face and had a good old laugh about it. I'm beyond mad. Why, why is he so mad? Why is he so disappointed? Who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? That's why, I read, that's why I read these things. Cause I'm just yeah, like... I know you do, but I hate I hate it. I hate you. <laughs> who cares about all this? All these people are so like, oh, man, this sucks. This stinks. I hate this. Like, who fucking cares? Get over yourself, nerd. Yeah, I think that's all words we could live by. Mm-hmm. No. So Anyways. What, so what does the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie mean, RJ? It means sneaking some of that ham under the table. <laughs> You're damn right. And you know what the image is going to be for this episode. <laughs> sneaking that ham oh. under the table? Oh, yeah. It's nice. A, it's money. Nice. Well, I think that's it. Uh, I still like this movie but yeah i mean it's not like a movie would be like dog you gotta watch it <laughs> like it, it's it's like come it, on dog yeah brah what you mad at brah yeah come at me I, bra. It's, it's fine some people will love this fucking thing yeah some I mean, people will just be like i don't care yeah i mean i like the simon of the desert uh from benwell i'd say people should watch that i think that movie is like super good um and I, yeah. and I watched that not that long ago either. And it was like, this is, I love that movie. Anyway, uh, after the break, RJ's going to be sneaking that ham and Ooh. I'll be in the bedroom with his lady. Eating that meat? Eating that, that ham. Before I, before you finished, I, I had my reply already. So yeah, it sounded weird. Oh, Watch the DC, please talk to me, because I can tell you about it. We rode all around in the rain. No colored people would let me in because I was with a white man. And that's a bushwalk 
place because they're scared to let in colored people as the way white people. RJ, if you could be an ambassador from any country, what would it be? Uruguay. Sweet. Because then people would say, no, you're gay. Remember that sweet joke that people used to always say about Uruguay? Yeah. You should edit this out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do that. And you can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and share your outrage at RJ's insensitivity (laughs) and lack of wakeness. Um, we've got a Facebook page we're on Instagram we're on Letterboxd I'm Jared Duncan he's Barnloaf uh, we got a Patreon page we just got paid RJ it feels so feels so good to pay SoundCloud for storage which we're on and that's where you're downloading these from maybe or perhaps Stitcher or iTunes but SoundCloud is hosting it all so it all comes from there some way or another and we've got a YouTube thing oh. that uh it's blowing up folks blowing up girl yeah uh and hey next week spine number 103 the lady eve directed by preston sturgis from 1941 that guy's name sounds so boring preston sturgis yeah uh, he's a heck of a guy heck of a guy <laughs> henry fonda barbara stanwick it's about Whatever. it's about gambling on a boat it's it's, Ooh, it's, 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 a, it's a charmer. You can watch Maverick next week. <laughs> those, those movies totally go together. Uh, enjoy Maverick. I fucking always enjoy Maverick when I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good night, folks. It's late, and I've got to get editing. Jared doesn't edit. <laughs>